right, everybody. Welcome back to the Imagination Station. It's now time for another movie, Rewind. I'm your host, Eddie Soto, and I'm here, like always, with Victor Ochoa. Yo, what's up? And today we have two special guests with us today. First, we have Julio. How's it going? Good, good, Julio. And also with us today, guys, we have the world-famous DJ Hayes. Peace, peace, peace. What's up, you guys? How you guys living? Good, good, guys. Thank you for being here, both of you. Yeah. All right, guys. And the reason we have these guests today is because we are going to be talking about the documentary today, which is about the 808, uh, was it Roland 808, right? The yeah. TR-808 TR drum machine. Yeah, you guys will know that a lot more about that than I do. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys are here to have somebody uh, that knows what they're talking about. Well, besides you, Victor. Yeah, I know. I love that shit, too. Very nice. So, guys, usually uh, when we have new guests, we just like to talk about the movies and stuff like that. But we are, since we have such a big... Um, uh, discussion today about the about this particular um, documentary. We're just gonna move on really quick because right. I know Victor's excited here. He can't wait to get to the <laughs> to the eight oh eight conversation. I've, I've been excited. <laughs> he is. I can feel it. <laughs> uh, now it's time for Victor's uh, favorite uh, part of the show. Give him cash or trailer trash. Trash. Oh, I'm sorry. Give him, give him cash. We're gonna we're gonna hire a singer though. Trash. Cash. And basically, what we do, guys. Uh, I kind of went over it with the, with you guys a little bit. We saw a trailer. We're gonna discuss it. See what you guys think. And we'll move on from that. So you guys, uh, we'll start with on my right, Julio. What did yeah. you What did you think? Give him cash. You give him cash. Why? Because <laughs> it looked it looked like it had a lot of action. It looked cool. You know, the first movie was all right. So yeah. The only thing I liked about the first movie was that it looked like it was like set in the past, and this one looked like modern. Yeah. But I'd still like to see it. Plus, she's hot. <laughs> What's yeah. her name? Gadot. Good. Good day. Gal Gadot or something. Yeah. Like that. I call it Gadot. Sorry, I probably say it wrong. Yeah, well, there's no right. There is no right way to say it. You might be right. I know. There's no right way to say it. Give it up. Give it up. And uh, Mr. Hayes, what would, what, would, what would you give it? Uh, I'd give it cash. Cash? Yeah. Anything, anything you liked about it? I liked the cinematography. Looked really awesome. The yeah. coloring. You know, the main actress was pretty hot too. Yes, know? she was. Yeah. And it's, it's, it seemed like the music might be pretty awesome in the film as well. Oh yeah. Had that Blue Monday, and there. Yeah. I had what they did with the with the trailer, how they mixed it in, like you were saying, Julio, with the the gunshots, the, the gunshots, right? and the cocks, the cocks, the cocking, <laughs> the cocking of the gun, the cocking of the gun. That's another. Uh, I missed that part. No. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't see the Pornhub or something? That's the entire movie all together. Yeah. The cocking. I was looking at her, not all the dudes. <laughs> What's his name? Um, Christopher Water Pine. Oh what was no, not Christopher. Um, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking of you and Cox and shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Chris Pine. No, um, no, the cocking to the guns to the beat. <laughs> you know, that's what you call it, right? I'm not a gun guy, but um, mm. I've seen movies where they go cock your gun. You know, they, they go. Yeah, yeah. And they were doing it on to the to the beat of the the music and stuff. Yeah. I like how they waited. They they used that music throughout the trailer, so they slow it down and made it sound um, scorish. Scorish. And, yeah. and then they no, went back it sounded to really cool. And then yeah. they went back to the, yeah. the the actual music from the. Well, it's the same thing. Remember, told me we covered uh, Gemini that movie with Will Smith. They used his his son's iconic song. But they they scored the shit. They put some <clears throat> some music score on it too. Yeah, you were like, ah, I never heard it, but that's right, right, the one right. That I said that, that they did. So something similar like that. But uh, um, Victor, what you what was your thoughts on the trailer? I I would watch it. You know what's funny though? I haven't seen the first one. Really? No, but I want to watch it. It's like the only DC movie that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I heard. I'm, I, I want to yeah. watch it. No, I'm gonna watch it. I I love Good Dot. Yeah. Well, oh, she's, she's hot. I'll give Shazam a little bit credit to it. I, I kind I of enjoyed it. I didn't see that one. Yeah. But wasn't that like on the comedy tip though? Yeah. So it was, it was Shazam. Marvel, Shazam. It was Marvelish, but Shazam. I didn't know they made a Shazam movie. They yeah. did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. But a year ago, or two years ago. Last year, probably. Last probably, year. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe dope. earlier this. 
Mm, yeah, maybe. Maybe this year earlier. Yeah, oh, I no, think, yeah. I this think year. it was before summer. Yes. Yeah. I would say like May. Because I, like, I always liked Shazam the show. Like, yeah, me a, too. As a kid. Yeah. Right? With the, you know, the lightning and yeah. the fucking... You know what? I Shazam. think it was, it was yeah. Shazam. But it, that's not his name, though, right? Like I, that was always been the argument. Shazam. It's, it's Captain Marvel. His name was Captain Marvel. Yes, but right. I guess they changed it though due to some sort of lawsuit or something between DC, Mar- and, DC and Marvel. Marvel. But but he was before the current Captain Marvel that they that Marvel has. Yeah, he's like the OG. He's something. the OG. He yeah, was Captain OG. Marvel. Right, that's but, what I'm saying. But I like the show, and then when I saw that they did this movie and it wasn't serious, it was like, dude, this character deserves like, yeah, right, right, like a serious movie. You know? Right, yeah. It was basically it's not my original thought, but from what I heard, it was like a big uh, superhero movie. So big as in like the movie Big with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. American Tom sweetheart. Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the gift that keeps on giving. Right? Yeah. All right, guys. So real quick, my thoughts on the movie is that I really couldn't tell what the hell the movie was about. To be honest. The only thing, you know, I really couldn't tell. I know it's about Wonder Woman, but I really didn't understand the, the plot of it. I didn't understand how the guy who died in the original movie is back. Sorry, spoilers. I don't know. I, know you I, have, a, I have an answer to that. What? Usually the first trailers, it's just kind of like a cool yeah. kind of just kind of showing some action or something. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. You know, as it gets closer to the movie, then they start getting more into like the plot and stuff. So I give it cash, too, because I based on its history, based on what I saw, even though I don't know exactly what, what it is going to be yet, I still ex- am excited because, like I said, I think yeah. to me, Wonder Woman was probably the best DC movie. Is it, is it just me or the fucking lasso has sonic powers now, too? Remember, he, he she fucking whips that shit and he fucking throws a guy like if it was a Back to the Future. But I think speaker. it always has, though. That yeah, really? it's pretty strong, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> pretty strong lasso, dude. Yeah. It's not like I'm a regular lasso. Okay, I'll buy it. But you know what? I always do, like, uh, remember Linda Carter? Yeah. Spinning. And then to know she was like... Or Mexican, you know? She Who was wow. The OG uh, Wonder Woman, dude. Linda, Linda Carter. Linda Carter's. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's a plus right there. Yeah. Another plus. She was so hot, dude. I had to mention that. <laughs> but all right, guys. So uh, we got four caches for the movie. So it looks like everybody's excited to see it. Yes. Because it does look pretty good. All right? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, guys. Moving along now. We're going to go be here talking about the new document. Not new documentary. When did it come out? Uh, it came out about, shit, maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. Okay. It's not uh, that, it's not that old. It's a documentary. Uh, it's called the eight oh. No, it's just eight oh eight. It's eight oh eight. The movie. I'm not gonna pretend, so I'm just gonna hand it over to Victor, since he's got a better understanding than I do. Exactly what you, this. Uh, I know did, you did see it. though. I did see the documentary. Okay, good, I, good, I, good. I get what you guys are talking about, okay. but you guys are better with the numbers and serials. Cash and all that it stuff. or trash it. What the documentary? Yeah. No, I loved it. I, I'm a big documentary fan. Okay. I mean, I watch one on jeans on Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. what I was telling Victor is funny that one of the pictures of one of the DJs. Uh, is the same picture they use on that other documentary about about um, denim. It's not even jeans, not Levi's. It's denim, mm-hmm. and how the different throughout history denim. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the, the miners, right? My, yeah, time. started that's with the miners, and you know, and then how 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 it came into style and stuff. Like, that's why you know, they have the rivets so they could last. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You saw it? No, but oh. I didn't. <laughs> you assume. Yeah. He knows. And now they're not made in the U.S. anymore. Well, which ones? The five hundred ones. Oh, okay. They started making them. Overseas. Yeah. So these guys would find these old ass jeans and they were selling them for like, you know, $500 a pair, oh, yeah. $1,000 a pair, $2,000 a pair because they were made before whatever. And uh, one of the pictures in that documentary is the same picture they use in this documentary. And I was like, hey, that's that picture <laughs> where they're wearing Lee, Lee jeans. Mm-hmm. How, ba- uh, how back in the 80s, these uh, DJs and rappers or wearing. Seven, 70s too, yeah. Late 70s. They, in the Bronx. Yeah. They would yeah. wear these jeans and the thing is that they would, they would uh, crease them. Mm-hmm. Right. They would crease the shit out of them until they were like stiff. 
not only would they crease them like like with ironing and whatever and sprays or whatever, they would actually sew. Yeah, stitch it in. Yeah, yeah. so they would remain all the time. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was that doc, that documentary. Well, the disco biscuits did that too. Remember, <laughs> with their pants. I don't know who the disco biscuits are. <laughs> Victor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the movie, the 808. It's like the documentary, but it's called the 808 The Movie. And it's pretty much talking about the TR-808 drum machine uh, that it came out, I think, back in the 80, 1980? I'm not actually... I see I did my homework, and I don't remember <laughs> the exact time. I don't contain it, all the information. Right. But. Yeah, so anyways, it's uh, it's about the drum machine. Uh, and here we have our guest, practically... You guys have been in the studio, produced, and you guys have your own very good idea of what the 808 brings to the table in regards to the history of making music, making beats. One of the things that's fascinating to me was that before I saw the documentary, I had an idea that other artists use the 808, not just rappers and, and, and hip-hop. It was like Phil Collins came out, and again, I Marvin Gaye. And to me, it was one of those things where, wow, like I knew it was the 808, but I never cared to more, know more in depth on how he used it and how this came about. But that certain segment on the actual documentary when they talk about Marvin Gaye, how he made the beat, and uh, let's get on, let's get it on, right? No, it's sexual healing. Sexual, oh, sexual healing. healing. Sexual yeah, healing. Yeah, and right. when you hear that song, based on the documentary, they were like, "Oh, look, it sounds so dry," because it is a machine. Nevertheless, it's still a machine. If if you don't put no heart to it, no no other instruments involved. When he actually made the beat, it was so. They were saying it was like, okay, it's just a beat. It's just whatever. Then Marvin Gaye puts his voice on it and everything, and it comes to life. But it's a it, it was a new. New thing that I think in the documentary also they mentioned that he won an award. That's the song he made. He won an award on on that. So, but it was considered and at the time was like there was no soul in comparison to music. How they were using real drummers, real yeah instruments as in regards to drums. Mm -hmm. So to me that was that was fucking uh, impressive. And it has nothing to do with with bass and and hip hop. Those things that like that threw me off. Real quick, Vic, uh, just yeah. so everybody understands what we're talking about, it's it's a drum machine, right? Yeah, it's a drum machine. Drum machine, and it came out between like uh, between the 1980 and 1983. So I just looked that up. Yeah, he knows more than I do. In, in no, no, I just looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, I know. Just want to right. Google. Thanks, yeah. thanks to Google. <laughs> thanks to Google. Thank you, Google. So, anyways, uh, my question to you guys: What? I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not asking exact dates, but what what was the time when you guys knew about it and cared to know more about it? Because I know you guys heard it in your life, but you never. I don't think every time you heard a song, you didn't go, oh. I want to know more where that beat came. It was more like, what was that day that you guys feel that that day you want? Like, I want to know more about it. Or where is that fucking beat coming from? I know exactly when. You do? Yes, sir. Planet Rock. As soon as Planet Rock came out, I was like, what the hell is this? Where did that beat come from? It sounds like Kraftwerk. Okay, what machine makes that? Because right. I knew I already knew about like the DMX, mm -hmm. like older drum machines. Right. Because I. I I grew up in that. I grew up in a time like you weren't gonna play a guitar or or anything. You're gonna just get on a drum machine, right. and all the records that I, I was really into, they were all electronic-y sounding, futuristic type sound. Right. So when Planet Rock came out, I was like, "Whoa, that's like the same sound as this other sound like Shannon had." Yeah. That you know, when the freestyles records start coming, out, I'm like, "Yo, I need to know what this is." Right. So for me, yeah, it was definitely Planet Rock. And it's weird because that it has a it has a certain beat that um to this day I don't I don't know if they covered it or not but when you hear Planet Rock there's that doo, like that I'm asking you guys do you know any, is that the 808 or was that an added synth laser? no no that's a that's a that's a little sound on there I call them lasers you know that boop, okay boop, boop, that's boop, it boop. so it wasn't the 808 though right yeah it's the 808 that sound yeah 
Really? Yes, sir. Yeah, see, I always thought it was just like the kick, the snare, the claps, all that. Right. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know the... So what is that? Yeah, the claves on there, the cowbell. And then you can, you can like, decay each mm-hmm. instrument to right. give it, like, a, a different type of sound. Right. Also, you could... It has, like, a, a function where, let's say, if I want the kick to be much stronger mm-hmm. than the hi-hat, like, I could... I could hit the button and it will turn like orange or yellow. Like yellow would be like a softer, like one would be like, okay. and one would be like. Poof. So it was like a per se velocity. Yeah, yeah that's basically, yeah, the velocity. Yeah. Okay. Wow, dude. So seriously, though, I'm still I'm still dumbfounded by the fact that 808 made that sound. I always thought that they layered a synth sound synced to yeah, that. Yeah, because obviously the, the music they laid on top is from something else. Right. right. They use synthesizers as well. Yeah. 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 So what about you? I always Julio? knew that. Well, me, like, I think going back to, like, uh, Beastie Boys was when I was first, you know, LL Cool J. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, this shit sounds different than right. than other stuff, you know? Right. I, and there were certain sounds in there, like that cowbell had a cheap sound to it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like, okay, it's cheap, a cheap digital sound, but it's, it's right. kind of iconic now, you know? You can right. still hear, like, those sounds, and, like, yeah. they've made a comeback with all this trap stuff. Yeah, and you know what it is about that? That, that it's funny that you say the cowbell, and uh, it is the cowbell. Is it just me, or does it sound like it has a swing? Yet it wasn't. For what I know, the eight hundred eight did not have a swing button. You know, it was it was quantized, or it wasn't. Was it even quantized? I don't even think you can even quantize it. It was just it, timed. There's no need to quantize it. Right. Okay. But, but it does. It d- did have a swing though. Oh, it did. Yeah. Now, but you mean by that, you don't mean as a swing, as in it, it, it was made that way, that or like, was it an that option? Is like, look at him. He's like a swing. It comes a with a swing. swing. <laughs> oh, I might get one. <laughs> No, you know what? The point I was trying to kind of get across right here, guys, um, listening to you guys talk, which is fine. I, I'm enjoying the conversation. When you were talking about the question you asked right now, Victor, uh-huh. and you know, you guys, you guys had your own point of view, and I was thinking about I'm a little bit younger than you guys, mm. so I could. You're not that young, right? I, I said a little <laughs> bit. I didn't say a lot. A little Six bit younger. Six months. <laughs> but enough to say that I can't. For you guys, there is a pre 808 music right. that you could recognize, right? For me, when I hear these songs, I to me like like they're always been there. So there's not that one moment where I go, oh, that's so different than yesterday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess for like younger generations, like for them, those that instrument's been there their whole lives, so they can't, yeah. they don't have that, they didn't have that impact that you guys, like you said right now, you remember the first time you heard that, and it was impactful for you guys, right? Right. So to me, when I hear you guys, I'm thinking, well, I, I know what you're talking about, I know what songs you're talking about, but I was just like, I can't remember before them, you know, like I guess they it, were. It was to always me, just like rock and like you know, Mexican music that I would hear. Right. right. And then when, and, I, when okay. I heard, for me, when I heard Rocket, which, you know, I don't think they use the 808 in that. But, right. But when I heard that, that was, like, different for me. What is this? You know? Right. And then watching the video and... Right. You know, Rocket. And I remember like, that. Yeah. And so, Herbie and then, Hancock and then, was... And then the scratching, of course, you know? Right. And it was funny because Herbie Hancock was a jazz producer, as yeah. far as I remember. Yeah. See, I thought he was, like, a, a yeah, hip-hop I, producer until I heard his other stuff. Right. Like, what the hell is he doing, you know? Right. But then mm. it's like... Yeah. Like, like I was talking to you, Victor, uh, we were, I was hearing, um, I hear the Beastie Boys a lot. I like their older stuff and I like their new stuff. And I was telling Victor, I had no idea what they made it with. Yeah. I, remember, I wasn't like, okay. I guess they used, the, uh, for my, for all, as far as I know, they used a drummer or a, a band, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. He made up his own. Well, whatever, you know, they, whatever they used. I, but they then, did evolve from that sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. all became, they were all, they were all punkers. No, I like that. Yeah. Part. That's, yeah. I like that kind of music. Yeah, it's funny because uh, also uh, another guy that, that threw me off was Paul Hardcastle, Rainforest. Oh, yeah. Now, my question, do you remember, I don't know if you use the 808, but that's that's also one of those songs that made me like all this hip-hop and all that the really? stuff. But it was funny because when I heard it, I had actually listened to it. I don't know if you guys remember a radio station called The Wave. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And it was jazz music. But they would throw that in there. And I'm like, in my head, oh, I love jazz because <laughs> of that song. Wow. It was just one song. <laughs> then he had another one called 19, but uh, it was all right. Uh, the song called 19 about Vietnam, whatever. But yeah. he had, he was a jazz producer slash whatever, you know, and he was a musician. But he made that song, and it totally fucking threw me. You know who played it? KDAY, too. Oh, yeah. KDAY. But, but I think it was because you got... Would you? I'm sorry. Were you part of that or or? Because I remember part of Katie. Yeah. Yeah, I was the Saturday Night Mixer. That's, that's what. I'm, yeah. Dude, we used to record him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We used to record your mixes. Sorry about that. We used to record them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't find those tapes to save me, save my life, man. But yeah, I remember those. They're probably on YouTube somewhere. I know. Yeah, there is actually. I heard a couple of them. Wait, wait, but, hold on, guys. Sorry to interrupt. Where did you where, where did you used to record it? Like from the radio or something? Well, back then, yeah, it would be on the radio, and you had a cassette ready to go. Yeah. And you just hit record and. And trip out on this. Yeah. This is before internet, so the station we used to go live to like a club or whatever. And we used to have this little box, yeah. and we used to plug the box into the phone line. This is way before internet, mm-hmm. and that's how we used to broadcast live. Oh, oh shit! Wow. Yep. So, so we, before we move on with this, uh, since we have you here, so how how did you get kind of get started in this in this uh, music thing, or like yeah, as far as like uh, recording and all that stuff? For me, it started with like uh, the actual music. Like I started to hear the music, and I was already uh, I was already dancing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was already like a popper. And then in the in the eighties, you know, uh, breaking came. So like eighty one, eighty two, eighty three, up to eighty four, like that was like I already knew what I wanted to do in that that time. Like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this music. Who does what? What are they using? What you was know? first? I'm sorry, sorry to ask. What was what was the first thing you did? Well, I was dancing my whole life. Oh, okay. Yeah, I started off with the dancing, and then um, then I went into uh, I guess you could say I kind of went into a little bit of rapping. And then DJing. Oh, okay. And yeah. then once the DJ hit, it was a rap. I like I wanted to produce and yeah, yeah. I didn't really know I wanted to produce. I just wanted to make music. Right. I didn't know like what producing all entailed. Right. You know what I mean? So you actually were you actually got to use a eight oh eight studio? Oh yeah. The actual the actual original. Oh yeah. Okay, see that's dope. I never got to do that. Yeah. I got a funny story about the eight oh eight. Back in ninety one or ninety two, um, I actually had two jobs so I can save up a lot of money to buy an 808. I was looking forward to buying it and not, not because to, to me now it's more like not only do I like it but there's also history and vintage you want it right as a collector. Right. You, you know, almost even as a collector. But at the time I didn't see it as a collector. I saw it, I just wanted 808. Mm-hmm. So I went to pump shops and I finally found it and for whatever reason now I what saw year was this? 90, 91. There was a pump okay. and it was $250 which if, if you agree that's not that ain't shit for an right. 808. So I'm like 250 and I had 300. But I looked at it and I'm like I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm going straight it. But then I saw a Juno, Juno six synthesizer. Oh wow. Which I wanted too. So my stupidity, <laughs> I went straight to the Juno six. Not that it's not a bad vintage keyboard on its own. So I go keyboard or drum machine. And I was like, I can always get that later. Because remember, I didn't think it was gonna be historical and to me it was like an eight oh eight, I can always buy it later. Right. For two hundred and fifty dollars. Just bullshit now. So I kick myself in the fucking hand when it comes to that because I went to buy the Juno 6. Now, ask me where the fuck is my Juno 6. You, you don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't wow. know what I did to it. And I guess and it's, a, and it's something to keep too. It's a collector's to me. I used it a couple of times. I wasn't too 
I wasn't too, I guess, experienced on keyboards. So I also dismissed it. I was like, eh, I'll get another one later. And then I went to try to go back and ate away back in like maybe five years later. Nope. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to and be found. And then I see them now on eBay for like $5,000, 3000 That's yeah. what I was going to say. How much were 8, they when they first came out? you have any idea? How 500 much they Yeah, they were like 500 bucks, bro. Yeah, they weren't that I, bad. I don't know what happened to my 808. Oh. I, it was like left at a friend's house or something like that. Yeah. And, that's and like, I completely forgot right. all about it. You know, it's like to me, an 808 was like a 1200. You know, the badass, you want it, but you always think, well, if I don't have this one, I can always go buy one later. And even to this day, you still can buy a 12. Mm-hmm. It might be fucking thousand dollars, but you can still buy it. What was the name 808 like that had like that aura around it? Yeah, that's the like whole the 808, the TR 808. And then I try to make the mistake of buying a 909, which it's also cool. It was usually right for house, right? Maybe yeah. Around, yeah. But then I'm like, it was already at $800. So I'm like, I'm not going to buy this the second best when I'm not really mm. into it. And it wasn't 250 It was $800. So I'm like, no. So I, even though it would have been a cool thing to have, but I'm like, yeah. So, but good. Thank God for computers because now I do have all the 808 sounds. Right. You know. But they're not the same. I know. I know. Is that and, a thing? And uh, listening to Egyptian lovers, that's why, like, he pulls yeah. one out at every show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I saw him in Abibo two years ago, I think. Yeah. He, he pops one of those out pops and it's out. like, there it is. It's like, you know, yeah. Egyptian lovers a star. Ah! Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he started out with the with the DJ set, and you know he's doing his record backwards <laughs> and shit. So I'm there, and I'm like, you, get, you got a lot of old. You get a a lot of the youngins were like, what is he doing? They had no, like they were like, yeah, 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 yeah it's cool. What, whatever he's doing. Of course, all the older cats, you know, were like, yeah. doing the shit. And then Jamie Jupiter was with him. You know, and he comes Which out. Which I always thought was his alter ego, which is funny. Me too. Me too. Yeah. But no, he that's exists. a trip. He exists, right, Jamie? Yeah. yeah. No, and I met him, and I'm like, wait, you're and he's like. <laughs> I always thought Egyptian yeah, yeah. like 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 it took me just a few years ago I realized that Shock G was Humpty Hump. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they'd even shoot their videos looking at each other. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know where like I I saw him in per- and then Shock G, mm-hmm. but he came out as Humpty Hump and then he like took off the outfit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he ha- actually hated that character. That yeah. That the character became so more famous than him. Right. right. So that's the reason he hated, or he just yeah he oh, okay, like okay. he didn't like, but he did it because people. Right, right, right. See it, but then I'm like, oh shit! Just got him in the biscuits. Like, I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? That's been him the whole time. Like, yeah, way more people know of Humpty Hump than Shock G. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what you're talking about. Except <laughs> I know the. the <laughs> I know the. Yeah, I know the. Yeah, I know the. Yeah, I know that, and I know the, I know the 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 guy with the nose, but. Yeah, the other guy. Shock the, G. Yeah, Shock G has a nose too, though. Oh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> All of the, the, the plastic one. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, I like how my cousin's like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I, get, I get the nose thing, but for the for the for the rest of us folks, for me and the audience, just a quick question. So what you're saying is that even with the technology we have now, as far as computers and sounds and digital sounds and all that, they still can't replicate the sound of the actual machine. They replicate it, but like all the trap artists now that are using. You know the the old 808 sounds. They're mm-hmm. usually samples. They're right. samples. You know, yeah. they're they're little music samples uh-huh. of the kicks and there's there's kits. You know, right. So it's yeah. not coming out of the box like Egyptian Lover does a song and it's coming out. out yeah. of oh, the so the, the, so you're saying that they're samples. They're not tweaked. I mean, they're tweaked already. They're not like original. No, 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 no. They're they're samples taken from the machine. Right, right, right. You know, so you have them on your computer. Right, and. Like only like say maybe Egyptian love or someone with a trained ear can tell like right. it's not coming out. But to anybody else, it's oh they use the eight oh eight. So there's not a there's not a company that makes the sound specifically for you to like tweak or whatever. Uh, but as an original, oh you can go on yeah. the internet and, and look up eight oh eight kit, you know, and find all the sounds in there. You know, the snare, yeah. the the cowbell. Yeah. The in other words, the eight oh eight, the actual drum machine, 
the the way the sounds were made was from transistors. Yeah, right. it was right. literally a sonic little spike from from like that would pull some electricity on some sort of little memory stick or whatever, and you would get that sound. Right, it was damaged ones, right? Yeah, yeah. damaged trans, correct trans ones. Yeah, yeah, the samples are literally someone took that sound and sampled it, but you don't get that nuances from. And, and honestly, Julio, not that I'm not I'm not saying it's not valid what you're saying, but what I'm saying is when it comes to live, it almost seems like. Because you're right, Justin Schindler brought that 808, uh, an Amoeba, and he played it, and there's that rawness you fucking hear from, that only that... It's like clean. Yeah. Clean, too like fucking clean that... Yeah, it was so clean, I was like, dude, it just... Right. It blew my mind at how good it sounded. Yeah, and the way he programmed it right there and then, I'm not saying yeah. it's, you know... I don't... Honestly, I don't know how to program 808s. I, like I said, I'm, I'm more like, when I make my beats, I make them literally my two fingers <laughs> pretending to be a drummer, mm-hmm. and that's the way I do it. But I'm not too familiar with actual programming i'm pretty sure i can learn it and it's funny because that's the only part i actually don't like about the 808 the fact that you got to program it mm. but i love fucking what comes out of it and now you said that cheesy cowbell at least at one time we thought hey what is that it's kind of cheesy but it's cool cheesy like yeah yeah so and they're, uh, they're iconic sounds now right that's, that's what it is it became its own thing and, and it was funny because even the guy the the, the creator of rolling he even said what is it called we never match to be a real drum sound he goes i couldn't it was impossible memory and everything, but it, it became its own entity. And, and yeah. it, it was so uh, iconic now. You're right. It's so iconic to this that, day. That's a hip hop thing. Yeah. The thing about hip hop is I don't have any drums, so let me just take this box and start banging on it. And that's going to be my expression of that. So that's what people started getting the 808 drum machine. It's like, yo, like, I don't need a drummer now. I could just tap everything out. And then after you've done it a few times, you understand that your snares are on 5 and 13. Oh, okay. So then you just, you know, unless right. you're changing your sequence into some other form of style of so, music. Right. So you're talking about, like, if it's, like, on the 4-4 four, four measure, right? Like, if, it's, if it sticks to that, you know your snares are going to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, You're not going to build any waltz with 808s anytime soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Victor? It's funny you guys mentioned that about the... No, no drummers. Because I remember the, remember the band Café Tacuba? Yeah. They actually use... Uh, some sort of I don't know if it's this one, but I know that they don't have an actual drummer, so oh, they okay. have they have like a some sort of machine that's already programmed for their song. I think they were using they, a, they were actually using it in Elisa's sixteen drum something. Yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing it out. That goes way back to like England. That whole just using um yeah, like a human league. You know, mm. they were one of the first. Groups. So when they perform live, they don't they just have a machine there with them. Yeah, and right. the, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, and you were there, Julio. We actually we DJ back in the days. We saw Grupo E. Oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, Grupo yeah, yeah. E, it was a Spanish band that did a bunch of Mexican cumbias. They, yeah. and they, all they did, that's, that was their shtick, right? Their, yeah. their niche. They do a bunch of songs, five minutes. A medley. A medley, yes. Yeah. And what they would do is uh, they, they did have a drummer, but there was that sig- sig- uh, signature sound that they had from a drum machine. And I think it was, uh, it was a rolling, but it wasn't a hitaway. It was a much newer yeah. rolling uh, drum machine. Yeah. And they would pre-program it. And you hear it, and it's like, doom, tick, doom, tick, doom, tick, doom. it almost sounded like a computer. like yeah, that. Yeah. But then they would add the live drums to it. But that was their sound. Right. And uh, we saw, again, we saw a perform and we're like, sure enough, he was like, oh, we're going to save the song in the medley. Hit a button. And he's like, there it is. And then the guy yeah. would, you know, the actual drummer would. So the drummer was the actual assistant to that beat. Right. No, so. Hey, Vic, uh, guys, before we continue, I just wanted to ask Vic if you can please play some of that uh, music that was in the documentary so have people have an idea what we're talking about and the sounds and okay. exactly what. Um, play Bebop Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so people understand what exactly the sound is. That the sound about. you're talking about, yeah. I mean, so many re- so many records now are, are you know, use the 808 because any machine that comes out nowadays, it has to have some form of 808 kick on there. 
know whether they've affected it or decayed it somehow, changed it in some kind of way. However, it it won't sound exactly the same as just coming straight out of the of its own box just because that's what it is. Like like even if I like I assemble it with my NPC, it has its own type of sound to it, you know? It has like its own right. grainy type of sound. So for me, it makes more sense to just MIDI my 808, which back in the days, 808s didn't have MIDI. Uh, they uh, do now. You can get it hooked up. So uh, so the audience understands. Um, what is MPC? MPC stands for MIDI Programming Center. Okay. So it's like one unit where I can control my keyboard or my my see different see drum shirt. machines. See his shirt right there? Yeah. Oh. That's an MPC 2000. 2000. I have a 62. And that's yeah. a 808 we've been talking about. Right. right there. And is that the same thing also, MPC? Uh, MPC is more of a, a system that does sequencing and drumming. You have to put the sounds in it, basically. Yeah. Where the 808 actually just has the sounds in it. Right. And, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. I'm getting, I'm understanding. But all the sampling, like when the MPC, that's like all the old hip hop started sampling. Yeah, like the, in the middle, that's the SP1200. SP1200, yeah. Right. Hey, so I have a question for you, Hayes. What did you guys use for the song Jump? And like, oh, yeah, that's, that was my like, only question. And like. Uh, B-I-N-G-O. Um, we use uh, the ASR-10. Oh, uh, nice. AJ, AJ did all the programming. So he used AR, ASR-10. However, I remember this clearly. I was like, you got to put a 808 kick in there because I'm a hip-hop guy. Right. And it needs it needs to boom. You felt it was and missing something. He kept was he kept was like I remember <laughs> at first he didn't have it in in there and I was was telling him to put it in there and he kept on programming. I'm like don't forget that. He's like I remember and he ended, he ended up putting it in there and uh, I'm not sure exactly what were the the sounds. I think they were uh, uh, insonic sounds, you know, from an insonic disc that they used. Otherwise, it would be 909 for the kicks that that hard techno kick. I remember a little clip it sounded like a sample of like drum and bass drums yeah yeah there was there was a loop in there yeah it was like like yeah, it just the, kept playing over and then yeah there's like, a loop in there i can't remember what the loop was now though yeah but now it sounded like drum and bass drums right. to me but i noticed the hi-hat it, it sounded like the 909 i was actually kind of curious to, i was just funny he, he brought it up first I was going to ask you was that the 909 was I'm, there, I'm pretty sure it was the 909 yeah. at least the hi-hat it, it was so in that era, for house and techno, that's what everybody was using was 909 stuff, you know. Right. Distorted 909 kicks for hard house and things like that, yeah, you yeah. know. And then, you know, we used, obviously, some made-up techno noises or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that was on a keyboard, though, no? That wasn't him yeah, stabbing it? Yeah, that was on a keyboard. He was, on a keyboard? Yeah. That was him, AJ Moore, stabbing it at when you yeah. record? Okay. Mm-hmm. And See, I forgot what he, uh, he layered two or three sounds together to get that. Okay. That actual sound that we had, you know. What did uh, Humpty Vision do? Humpty did a lot of the arranging, and uh, that particular song was his concept, you know. Mm. People were always jumping to techno. Yeah. So why not just make a song like called Jump, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you you were actually in the studio when that happened, or was it more like you were the, the track was done when you laid the, in the vocals? They originally, AJ and Richard, originally made the track, mm-hmm. and I was already, I was signed as a solo artist to... Sunshine, Sunshine Records, huh? and the owner of the label called me and said, "You know, Richard and AJ, they they got this together this track. Why don't you listen to it? See if you could add something to it." So I listened to it and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool right here." Yeah, you know. I don't know if you remember this, uh, uh, Hayes. Back in '92, February 1992, I'll never forget. 
me and my buddy Jose, Julio knows Jose. Well, my cousin knows Jose. I just talked to him like last week. Oh yeah, I know. I remember. Um, we were talking, and uh, you remember another one of my buddies, uh, Mike Chavez. Yeah, of course. Nebula. Yeah, he was there, and he did this party animal, party jam animal. I forgot party animal jam '92. I don't know who showed up, but Mike pretty much said, "Oh, one of the guys from Sunshine Records is going to come and check you guys out." What happened is me and my buddy were trying to be rappers at the time. We were called the Basement. And Julio, you were actually our DJ. Our last mm-hmm. minute, he ended up doing the scratching and all that for us. Uh, but we were there, and I remember he goes... And you guys were dressed like boys to men. Yeah, <laughs> we had oh. ties. Yeah. You Damn. were in the denim, the denim shirts yeah. and the denim We were supposed to jeans. be some hardcore Mexican, letter shitter brown guys. Nope. They showed up, <laughs> they showed up looking like, like boys to men. Like low-budget R&B yeah. crooners, dude. Like, but, yeah. but anyways, uh, we were there, and... Uh, I remember we rapped, and for all I remember, we had a good time. It was fun. There's and a video of it online. I, I have, I have it. I was, I'm, I'll I probably show it to you later. Yeah. So I was. You're oh in yeah. It too. You're in it, and then uh, <laughs> there's a part where you start rapping, and I forgot my mom was there for whatever reason. My mom was at this party. Really? Right. She was there, and you started what, at Burbank National Guard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And then you started rapping. Well, that was you, a while. You're, you're doing more like a reggae. Uh-huh. Right, and you started doing, and then you go, Mike, Mike, any moms here? Any any moms here, Mike? And I guess Mike nodded no because he was videotaping. And they're like, chinga tu madre si tu quieres. Oh la, wow! Chinga tu madre. <laughs> <laughs> and then the camera, if you look, a glance, you see my mom walking. By. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, you didn't know. Nobody. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so dope. Like I'm, I'm later on, I told Mike, oh man, that guy. I go, I mean, I knew you already. We knew you as hamburger helper. Yeah. Well, so we I like, knew you as a DJ, and as, as a DJ too. So I was like, oh, man, this guy, you know, I was like, is he signed or is he not signed or whatever? Like a few months later, we found out you were, you were with Sunshine Records. Mm. So, again, I don't know if it was a coincidence or how did you get signed? I'm not saying that was the day you got signed, but I'm saying how did that work out? Because for what I know, I connected it that day. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Natalia from Aqua Boogie Records. Yes. She had that more, uh, more uh, my love song. That I used Tony to work beat. with her at Robinson's May. Okay. I didn't know it was her until days later when I told her, oh, I make music. Oh, me too. I'm at Sunshine Records. And then she told me that song. Oh, that wow. The same one you're talking about. I'm like, oh, shit. I have your record. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I actually, I went to, I went with a buddy from my party crew, uh-huh. uh, One Big Posse. He's like, I got this girl performing, uh-huh. come through and DJ or whatever. So I went over there. And uh, long story short, some guys showed up over there to battle me, like dancing. Uh-huh. And so I'm DJing and I'm breaking, I'm battling, and and so uh-huh. the the owner of Sunshine came up to me and said, "Hey man, would you be interested in coming and doing some extra beats for Natalia?" Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I went and uh, I ended up taking some music that I had already recorded mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and they ended up signing me. And uh-huh. I already knew Richard; I didn't know AJ. Okay. So, like, when they had like an artist meeting at the label, and Richard showed up, I was like, oh, "Okay, we already know each other and stuff." So, cool, man. Um, yeah. me, when you say DJ and AJ, a- a- uh, AJ Mora and Richard Humpty Vision were the two other members of the movement, mm-hmm. which I did the song "Jump" with. Right. It was really they were the movement. It was supposed to originally be the movement featuring Hayes. Oh, okay. However, the record was so hot mm-hmm. in that time. Right before we were really going to blow up, we were going to get signed with Arista Records. Mm -hmm. So they were like, if Hayes is in the group, then it would help the group, you know. So that's why we just kept it the movement. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was asking. So people who don't know, 
Right. They they understand who we're talking about. Yeah. Right. We get and so caught up on how we know what we know. No, and right. and mm. being like from the 818, it was always like, because you were always like a local celeb, you know, DJ. Yeah. Whenever we saw him on the flyers, it's like, Right, we gotta yeah, go. We, we gotta go. You, we would call you a lambur- el hamburguesa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. El hamburguesa is like, gonna be there. El hamburguesa is gonna be there. You know, so yeah, the so good then old when days. I saw that video, I was like, like, oh shit, that's yeah. that's dope. But anyways, going back to the documentary, I'm trying to get this thing to work, Eddie, and I don't know why it's not working. There you go. Well, it's definitely one of them that. It's draft. It's draft. You have the volume all the way up. Most of it. Classic record, bro. So this is definitely one of the songs that never gets old. Never gets old, and you can tell it's all 808. Hey, never gets old is something important, bro. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there are records that are never going to get old. I don't care how old they are. Right. They just have that that sound, that right right formula. This is obviously like one of those type of tracks you put it on. Everyone just starts dancing. I don't care if it's old, new, right, whatever. Man. Or, or Planet Rock's another one. Planet yeah. Rock. Yep. Like, you know, it's funny because I also became a one of the one of the most memorable for me is anything Pretty Tony did. Tony Butler from Miami. Oh yeah, bro. Jam Pack Records to me was like it almost it almost got to the point where I didn't even care what the song was. Right. Don't get me wrong, there was some hit or miss in there, sprinkled, but it was the opposite. Hit or, uh, the bad ones are sprinkled as opposed to hits. You know how some artists might have like two good hits and the rest kind of like eh. Mm-hmm. To me, Pretty Tony was like he had twenty hits and two eh. So to me, when I went to go buy a record and I saw Pretty Tony, and I was low in funds, I took that chance and yeah. most of the time I was right. I ended up buying a automatic. It's automatic. Oh from yeah. Fuck with the group was freestyle, but it's pretty much his production. Right. Uh, his song, uh, Fix It in the Mix. Jam the box, like anything he did was fucking awesome. Then he did Debbie Deb, Trenier. I was like, when is yeah, this those guy? Those are g-? all classics. Man. That's yeah. what I'm saying. When when is he gonna fuck up? <laughs> exactly, That's how bro. I took it, so you know? what are the songs you didn't like? Do you remember? Yeah, there was one called Freestyle Express. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> that one's classic, bro. Freestyle wow. Express, and then the other one that I. Okay, this other one that I'm gonna buy. It, it had a silver label, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember the label. No, the yeah. silver label is uh, Fix It in the Mix. Is it? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing like Freestyle Express. Like, it was Music Specialist oh. record label. Yeah. Before it became uh, Jam Packed, I think. That's another one. There. Same label that Automatic was on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there was another one that, don't get me wrong, I actually like it, but it was one of those, like, if I had to put it in a list, it would be towards the end. It was Get Some. Get I Some! It was almost like the, I would, I would mix it with uh, Egyptian Lover Living on the Nile. To me, those are the those you had to blend them. Get some, you know? yeah. And then you mix it with that one. He goes, "Wait a minute." You'll go back to get some. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I've, it's, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> It'd be funny. I, I always want to know why he said that. By the way, I'm kind of curious. Do you guys know? Like, why? Wait a minute. I don't know why he said wait a minute, but I or consequently I did ask uh, Jamie Jupiter uh-huh. what the hell was up with the scream. Right. You no, know, the scream. There's like one scream on there. Like. I'm like, what? What's the concept behind that? Was did that was that something that just hap, happened accidentally, or right. was there a concept, right. you know, behind that? Yeah. And he just smiled at me, and I was like, oh, like that? Like he he didn't even he didn't even want to tell me or whatever. I was like, oh man, that's crazy. Dude. And then there's a part on a Egyptian Lover song, which it, again going back to the movie 808. 
Oh, by the way, he didn't come out, huh? Jason Love didn't come out on the documentary. Which you would think he would. You know what? I remember him. Uh, I remember an interview, though, with him about the 808. Right. But I don't I think it came it. out in the film. He didn't come out in the documentary. He didn't come out. I'm like, yeah. Which you would think he would. He, he, that's all he talks about. I mean, right. And that's a good thing. Um, and, and all his shows start at, at 808. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> I yeah. was about to laugh. You gotta like, have a show like, or it's, it starts at 808. That's fucking trippy, dude. Yeah. 808. 808. Man. And there's another part on, on the song that he used for Egyptian Love. I was about to mention uh, that girl. I want you at the end. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it listen to it. like it was going backwards. Right. But he goes, he goes, it ends with Egyptian Lover. And then she goes, I want you. It's like the guys. So oh, I know. What's up with that? I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, it was like the poltergeist. Dude. Right. Like, because the thing with me, um, and Julio knows this, uh, we, we used to buy records. And it's not like today's time when people buy kids. I mean, I say kids. People buy MP3. Oh, they get access to MP3 files. And they don't see the... You don't actually have a format in your hand. Yeah. That what I would do when I would buy a record, I would actually take it home, hear it, dissect the shit out of it. Yeah. Hear the B-side, hear it again, look at... And if it had a cover, look at the credits. And just look and look. And then, obviously, and we would hear the end. How did you open the record? Oh, you fucking slide on your pants. <laughs> oh. Like kind of burned. Yeah. <laughs> if it didn't burn, you didn't open it. Yeah. So it was one of those things. I got a paper cut so many times, but you don't care. That's another one. There you go. Yeah, yeah I used to put it right here. Yeah. <laughs> open right up. Clean. <laughs> I used to fucking love. Oh, man. And, and it's funny because I used to buy records in Burbank. If you guys are familiar with Burbank, California, there was a there was a record store called uh, Music Plus. Oh, yeah. On San Fernando Road across the street from Vons. And I used to live in Sun Valley at the time. I didn't have a lot of funds at the time. I was a kid. So my thing was like, buy two records or buy a record and take the bus. I didn't give a shit. I'm walking home. So I'm going home 10 o'clock at night, but I fucking had two records as opposed to yeah. one, dude. Yeah. And that's how dedicated I guess I got. And, and one of them was Planet Rock. I bought it at Music Plus. Or now if you have the file, like you have doubles of everything. Yeah. yeah. But it's not the same, you know? Yeah, it's, it's not, not the same. It's fucking same at all, but yeah, yeah. those were fun times. Like dude. who didn't have two, like, you know, the... It's times, you know. On the fish. Yeah. On the fish the by Hashim. Hashim, those are the soul. Like everybody, ha or clear. Yeah, or clear. clear. Yeah. Well, I didn't have two clears, but but yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's the only That's one I did. Hadn't stole one of mine yet. He was known <laughs> as stealing all our records. Stop. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a rumor that never been. Uh... Okay, that's, that's funny that you say that. We used to hang out in my house in the garage and we used to and you just play records. And him and my buddy just got together. And I was trying to prove to them, I've never stole your records. What happened was, we used to play at parties that sometimes your crates will mix records. Oh, yeah. And it happened. Well, one, to me, to prove it to them. just borrowed them for decades. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was, to prove to them, it was like, go through my records. I, have, I had a, you know, a couple of um, crates. Oh, crates. No, no, no. Uh, the wall. Fucking, I can't even say the rack. I had a rack, like a, well, yeah. rack of records, right? And mm. he's like, I go, go through my records. And I don't know who did it. I don't know if it was you or, it or was Manny. I think. Manny. And he goes, all right. And he pulled it and he pulls out a record. DJ, DJ, fucking his DJ name was on it. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was, I remember it was Mel and my nays. No. And then, and then later on that night, your sister walks in uh -huh. to the garage and then there's like a Menudo record or some like oh, yeah. Mexican group or Spanish uh -huh. group or whatever. Menudo, yeah. She goes, hey, that's my record. She oh. goes, <laughs> so he's like, he got busted twice. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but that one I was holding for them, dude. Yeah. I don't know where I was going to be. But anyways, uh, there you there go. You go. Yeah. That's it right there. That's a dope song, man. 
Even though I kind of knew, like I said, you know when you hear a song, you're like, that's 808. You can't yeah. not say. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was just a, like a band playing just, you know, when, when you're a kid or whatever, even as an adult, I just assumed right. there was a, some guy in a, with his band. Yeah. Right. Well, not some guy, it's Marvin Gaye, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? So Wait. different though, right? Then like the, the hip hop use for it. Well, because well, of singing. No. Yeah, that's the only Maybe difference yeah. is because, like, this how they tuned it. It's more a mellow energy, and right. and when he how he's singing on top of like if you put a rapper on that beat, it's gonna have a different kind of right. kind of feel to you depending on how the rapper sounds. Well, you, you know, you no, know what I meant was like the the one side you have like rap and you know like for example you have Beastie Boys on one side and then you have Phil Collins on the other side. Uh huh. It's right. a totally different kind of kind of music right genres yeah. genre exactly so but they both were able to right. make these sounds from this same machine well, it's like and a, it works like really good it's like regular drums you can apply them to different yeah right. that's a really good point or it's the same thing yeah very good you point know, yeah. except they got more popular with the hip-hop sound yeah right and you, it's for, you didn't expect it and well, that's the thing about the documentary that um i didn't realize that it wasn't just for for hip-hop like it would kind of got spread out throughout different genres yeah, well, yeah. One, of, one of the guys that being, I forgot his name, but he was being interviewed, and he's like, man, fucking Phil Collins is already on it. We're so behind. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Like, and he's a drummer. You know? No, no. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he's a drummer. Yeah. He's yeah. a drummer. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I noticed about these uh, older, older tracks was like, for what I listened to when I observed, I listened, and then uh, as far as today's, like, I, again, you guys produce music. You guys, for me, I layer stuff. We all layer our kicks. We layer... Not, not necessarily we have to, but we, we tend to experiment and layer our sounds. It almost seems like these guys were not layering. It wasn't the thing. It was more like the 808 kick and that's it. I mean, there might be some tweaking, maybe some layering on it, but it would still be the same 808 with a little bit of a added reverb, whatever. But it wasn't layered to another sound uh, in the beginning. Yeah. What I got. You got to remember when this machine came out, there was really no sampling. It was just like you get the drum machine and you just... Drop it on there, you know. You're right. like you're just gonna flow to the drum or whatever. There was no, like I I remember actually, there was a time where we used to make the beat, record the beat, then we used to go back again and record like because there was no sampler, so we had to like record our sample in, onto the table on top of the beat mm -hmm. for four bars, leave four bars empty. Four bars, four bars empty. Mm -hmm. Then you go back again, record again, and then you fill in the holes. Oh, wow. And then, like, years after that, like, two years after that, they started coming out with samplers. We're like, man. Yeah, way fucking easier. If we would have had that back in the day, it would have been so easy to, to make yeah. music, you know? Yeah, but, you know, when, when it first was coming out, you just, like, you just had that drum sound, and right. you, wanted to, you wanted to rap on that drum sound because that's what right. the records were. Right. Like, when I got into hip-hop... Mm -hmm. There was already old school. Right. I don't mean old school like George Clinton or like I'm talking about from the rap rap side of hip hop. Like there was already like when I was coming in, there was a, there was like, you know, let's say Rapper's Delight and right. and Melly Mel, Grandmaster Flash. Um, however, there was old school then like Force MDs and right. Cold Crush Brothers, you know. Fantasy Five and oh, man, like you're taking it back. <laughs> yeah, like that music is the music that really got me into the into the whole thing. By the time the 808 drum machine came around, it was just like insane. Right, right. That the way they gated the the 808 drum because right. I since I had a drum machine when Planet Rock 
came out, how the, how it sounded, how they gated it and, and everything to right. make it get like that. It had like this strange warmness that you had mm-hmm. to just sit there for hours, like right. tweaking it to, to get that sound. And one day, um, for three years, I went to try to meet uh, Arthur Baker. Oh, no shit. Yeah, in London. And three years later, after I was already DJing there, you know, I had already DJed there about three or four times there. Mm-hmm. Finally, I caught him there. And then I just interrogated him, bro. Like, what you guys do? Like, how'd you tweak it like that? And out of all the documentaries I ever seen, I never heard him ever say what he told me. He told me that the engineer wanted to be paid cash so they don't know who the guy is. I'm like, where the hell is this guy? So the guy they added us, the... The actual engineer. Right, for Planet Rock. Yeah. His name never went on the record. Oh, shit, dude. But where is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, where's the engineer of Planet Rock? Like, does he not know that's him? It's probably some, like, rock guy. Right, 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 exactly. (laughs) There's your documentary right there. There you go. That that should be, where's the the engineer? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, what was that documentary where they were looking for Sugar Man or whatever? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. The Sugar Man? Yeah. um, What was it called? Uh, Searching for... Carmen San Diego? (laughs) Carmen San Diego. No, it's, um, (laughs) was it like, you like a jazz folky singer or something then? Something like that. Well, we'll go off on a tangent. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> real quick, guys. My understanding from the documentary. I'm just taking it back to the documentary real That's quick, fine, guys. Sorry. Um, my understanding that this machine wasn't created with the intention of being just like a for for practicing or for what do you call it? Um, like testing. What do you, what do you call it? I don't know what the term is for backing beat. Yeah, for when you're recording a song or something. So yeah. Kind of like for like for demos, so that right. then when they get a actual well, drummer or whatever. Well, no, he actually made. He had another one called the CR78. Which wasn't not non programmable It was just already presetted beats mm-hmm. on the on the organs, right? No, no, oh, no. This actual actual oh. drum machine, the CR. I'm not sure if I'm getting it right. The CR78. I think it Roman. was. The, I think it was the 78. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was more one of those things where it was already preset uh, sound like bossa nova, typical waltz and, and and even disco. I think it had, but you couldn't program it. You couldn't tweak oh. it. And then they they requested from Roland to to create a, a, a drum machine that's programmable, and that's why it came around. So I know what you're saying, but it, it was intended. It wasn't intended to replace the drummer, but it was intended to become part of the music industry to be a, a drum sound. I thought it, okay, for what I got from the documentary that it was intended to be like a, like you said, like just something to play your beats to you while you're rehearsing or right. or making demos. Now, well, th- th- that one, that one, no, but the, like the Lindrum was considered. Uh, like added to a keyboard. Added. Yeah. Right. So was there drum machines before? The Roland ones, of course, yeah. Because from what I got again, from when I watched the documentary, right. the guy they had organs, right? Like you know, like the piano organs, mm-hmm. right? and they had like a basic kind of thing that kept beat, right? Uh, like they a, didn't touch on it in the documentary, but there's like I said, you know, the Lindrums, Lindrum mm-hmm. sound from the actual. Mic- no, no, no. I mean, name. like an actual, like an actual piano, yeah. like an actual yes. piano had like a little box or something that would play a beat. Right, but that's for people performing somewhere. It right. wasn't so much for studio. What I'm trying to say, this documentary didn't touch up on the other drum machines that existed, like right. the Lindrum. Right. No, what I was trying to say is that it made it sound like they said, hey, we got this little thing, let's make it better, and it kind of evolved from right. that. That's what I'm asking. Is that what happened? It did, it did evolve from that. From and that, then... Yeah, then, and then they created the CR78, and then they went to... So it wasn't that and then the 808. There was other drum machines before it. Right, right. Well, it's yeah. like, what was Kraftwerk using? Crawford was actually using uh, DUI or DYI, whatever. They were just using like yeah. creating. They actually create. They 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 customized their own setup. Yeah. They yeah. took drum patterns and they triggered it to an actual machine. So they're the first pioneers that to actually use 
drum pads yep. that they created. So honestly, I don't remember what machines they used, but they were. No, I, know they, I know they were building a lot of those right. stuff. Right, way ahead of the time. That's where they got the actual Planet Rock melody. Yeah. Yep. And, and I always transfer. wondered if if there was ever any like lawsuits with that. Mm-mm. No, they're friends. Are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit! There you go. But anyways, anyways, I wanted to talk to uh, in regards to what you said about how how they tweaked and gated that 808 uh, on the documentary. They uh, Chris Barbosa, which is the guy that produced uh, Shannon, let the music play, give me tonight, and all that. He's the one, at least in the documentary, that said I want to make the the, uh, the kick sound gated because it sounds so fucking cool at a club. You get that sound that you get from a club. That's just, and he would tell them I want to to add that sound that that reverb decay sound, and they're like the engineer was like, no, you're crazy. You can't have a song with continuous decay. Of the reverb, so they finally obviously came a solution to gate it, mm-hmm. and that's when you hear, that's it right there. So if you listen to the kick, it it's gate it has that reverb, but it's gated every you know certain amount of time. Yeah. That when he did it, it's like you're right. I never heard when I heard. By the way, my first song that I liked about freestyle was "Give Me Tonight." It wasn't this one. It was "Give Me Tonight," but mm. it's okay. <laughs> but it has a certain sound. And I, honestly, though, I don't know it was the 808. I thought it was like the Lindrum or, or um, there was another drum machine that was used a lot. The DMX. The DMX. Yes. What is it? What is it? Or DRM DMX? Or I forgot the whole. But anyway, I, yeah. I, I forget. Yeah. But anyways. I just uh, remember the DMX part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ober, Ober, was it Oberheim? Oberheim. Yeah. There you go. It was Oberheim. Yes. So I thought it was one of those guys. Is that on your shirt? I don't think it's on no. it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, because I know Prince on used... It, <laughs> no, I know. It, like, it gave it like this very crispy punch. Right. You know, where, where like, uh wasn't boomy. Right. You know, it was, had more like a, a punch yeah, to a punch. it, you know. Yeah, It was hitting another... Because uh, the 808, you can de- you can go drop it down almost down to like, uh, I would say a little bit over 80 hertz, which is that low end, that Lou Skywalker, 2 Live Crew kind of sound oh by the way uh if you don't mind uh eddie look up uh, dynamics 2 just give a dj a break because that's a good key point in that documentary where they're the ones or the, one of the original guys that actually sampled the 808 kick and used it as the baseline yeah and that's by the way that song me and my friend you know jose again we used to make fun of it because like how do you imagine a drummer making that doom, 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 doom? Right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fucking do it but it was one of those songs that when i bought that record and we played it we uh and in here in, in the valley, everywhere, certain Vegas was a speaker to go to when it came to yeah. bass. And I remember one of my, bu- <laughs> yeah, get the chills you just thinking about those, it. That, that logo, right? Yeah, yeah certain right. Vegas logo, and you right. use those uh, LB thirty six fucking bass Ooh. bottoms. It was a long, long horn folded that you didn't even hear the actual. You heard the air. Now yeah. you didn't even hear that actual <laughs> sound from the Wolfer. You heard the air come out of it. And you're next to that shit, and you're hearing any type of songs with the eight hundred eight. You fucking felt it in your chest, man. Oh yeah. And this song, again, I don't know if it was like a Mike Chavez party or it was one of those flyer parties. That's my and they man play this. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I'm one of the first people to ever play this record really? in the valley, for sure. Here we go. Give it to him, give it to him. It's like sick. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those things like you hear and you're like, what is this shit? And it fucking hurt, but you like the hurt. You like the pain. Yeah. And you stack those LB36 here in Vegas <laughs> on top of B35. It's like, it's like, I don't know. And what's crazy, all the music out today, they have rolling like, right, bass like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Where they're actually playing rhythms with the. Right. They're changing the octaves. The mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we used to play this shit, man. I think I ended up buying like three copies of it because I, I kept playing it. And we were so careless with our records, I just threw them in my crate. It was so fucking. You can't even play the beginning because it was all popcorn yeah, sounding. We always oh, yeah. knew if we use your records, like prepare, <laughs> to, be, prepare to be embarrassed, <laughs> <laughs> because you know there was gonna be a skip somewhere. Like, dude, it's Victor's record. It's like, ah, uh, so you're like, okay, how about it's time? Oh, dude, no, but that—that's a given, man. You—you you, you lose the grooves. We would scratch on that record so oh, much. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't even say it's anymore. It would just say, mm, time, mm, time. Well, I used to go to, to Julio's house, and, and he was you do, you do that uh, cross, I mean, the oh, fuck, the crossfading stuff. Uh, I don't even know I'm a DJ. Cutting. Got them. He would cut it up, right? And it got to the point where you're like, oh, it's, it's, uh-huh. they're hocking loogies like and shit. Vader. It was like Darth Vader. <laughs> Which was something I missed when I got digital copies of it. You know? Yeah. Because they always stay crisp. And it just there was something sterile about it. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm missing that little grime you would get from the scratch. Right, right. Yeah. Oh shit, sorry. You could actually when you're pulling that turntable back, you could like feel it in yeah, your yeah, fingers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where right. with, with like no. Serato or whatever, no. it's it's different. It's not as yeah. intimate, you know. You're right. I miss that. Yeah. And then now, you, when you wouldn't feel nothing, you know you were like Right behind the, right. you know, right. Like, and then you can right. feel like, okay, mm-hmm. there it is. Yeah. Like right here. That went fucking so low. And there's a little bell too. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, like I said, it's funny. You would think the bass, the kick is what sold me. To me, it was that ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what sold me when I'm like, that made it fucking so vibe. Um, so fucking different to me but it sounded like a swing it didn't sound robotic you know what i mean like, yeah it, it, to me that's why i was saying is it is there a swing naturally swinged there, there you can you can set it where it has like a little swing to it okay mm-hmm. he's looking up uh again my cousin uh he's been around djs he knows but he doesn't know the actual name of it so he's looking up for it's time he was looking for literally it's time Oh, it's yeah. actually Out on the Fish. Out on the Fish. The yeah. Soul. Out on the Fish, The Soul. Yeah. By Hashim. Yeah. Cutting records. Cutting records, yeah. Uh. That was iconic, too. The saw blade. The, the little blade, that's yeah. the... Cutting records. Yeah. The saw blade, yeah. Wasn't that... um? Was it Aldo Bender? Aldo Marine? Aldo Marin. Aldo Marin. Yeah. Did I say Marine? Marin. You're right. <laughs> See, that's that goes back to what you were saying. Like, we used to get the record out, right. smell it. <laughs> it had a smell to it. You're like, you know, yeah, you dude. took in the whole thing. Like yeah. the moment you 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 got it from the record store, it's like I got it. Like all the way yeah. home, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you're <laughs> looking at everything. Like who produced it? Who did the editing? I remember uh, there was a time where I would look at it if it said Latin Rascals on it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I'm getting. I don't know what it is. Albert but, Cabrera and, and Tony Moran. Yeah, right? I'm like. I trust them. And yeah. you know, back in the days, they used to do all those edits with razor blade. Yeah. They used they to t- bring the tape out and they used to splice it. Yep. And like, they had to record it three or four more times right. with like certain parts and cut it and splice that. And then it would go. That's why the disco kind of goes off. The know? tempo, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah. I it's forgot funny. about that. I was having a bitch of a time mixing disco. Right. So, no, it's funny because. Um, one of the things that I used to like about those cutting records and all of the freestyles, the, the freestyle tracks was that uh, they used, uh, they did dubs. Oh, yeah. Or bonus beats. 
and I, I, I used to feel like I got my money's worth when you see a bonus beat and yeah, dub. And then right. you get dub too. Right. Or then you get a synthapella or acapella. To me, I was like, oh, I'm getting my money's worth. And then there was some time when you get the 12-inch version and you got a radio and you're like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I still buy it, but I was like, oh. Because you always want to have that extra. The, the flip side of, of its time was good. Right. You'll feel it. That, yeah, I used to was... use that. Um, do you remember the, the other B-side, the first part? It goes rock, rock, yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would get off beat. That would piss yeah. the rock, shit rock, out of Rock, 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 fish. Right. And then the beat would get off the. Like, yeah, it would just rock, rock, it don't stop. Rock. And then right. the, the beat would kick in. Right. That would piss me off, dude. That's the only thing I was like, why? Right, right. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck happened here? And then uh, uh, Clear, I mean, we talked about it, Juan Atkins. Juan Atkins. Uh, Woo. I, you know, it's funny. I just found out that he actually uh, produced also uh, Channel One, Technicolor. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that because it was Channel One. I never. And it's funny. That's one of the first records that I actually never bothered to read thoroughly. I'm like, oh, ch okay, Channel One. I took it as Channel One wrote, produced it. Cool. Then you actually start reading and finding out more, and you're like, oh, fuck. Juan Atkins was involved in this. Well, it makes oh, sense. Yeah. And then Nucleus. That's one thing about Nucleus. I never found out who produced it. Where were, where were they from anyway? They're from New York. New York. Mm -hmm. But it was funny because Nucleus, to me, they sounded like some sort of, it was just, they, they kind of still gave it that uh, Run DMC sound, but their sound wasn't like Run DMC. It was electro. It was, you know, it was, uh, especially that song, Push the Button. Whoo! Yeah. What the fuck, dude? That was so, and it's so to me, it seems like it's a little underrated. You know what I mean? Because I've actually talked to some other DJs and they're like, which one's that? It's like, oh, hell no. And you know Jaymon. Oh, yeah, Jaymon is a classic. Yeah. So it's push the button, you know, to me, you know, computer age. Computer it, age. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck, dude? That's the, that's the. Yeah. And, and. Uh, Go back and listen to the vocals, bro. The vocals to that song. Yeah. I wow. Gonna, I was going to say, that's why when I heard the, uh, the new one with the Egyptian lover, uh -huh. I right. wasn't feeling it because mm. it just, it's. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the, the video has a girl singing. Yeah. She's walking yeah. in. And it's at a first dark I was area. like, eh. Yeah, yeah. But then when homie starts, like. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like, all right, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. it's funny because when I heard it, I go, that sounds like Nucleus. And it does sound like Nucleus yeah. involved. Especially <laughs> like the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. The keyboard part. That, that's yeah. why I think uh, I think Cosmo D may have played the keyboard parts on there because I'm like, well, that sounds very Nucleus. That's very yeah. Nucleus. Yeah. Trip out on that. And it's funny because. Uh, what about Twilight 22? Oh, Twilight Twenty Two was dope. Siberian Nights. Siberian and, uh, Nights. Yeah. That's my favorite. Electric Kingdom was like the most. Uh, well, it was a famous one, but yeah, Siberian Nights. Was like, that, but that's what I'm saying. That's to me, that's the most one that I liked. Siberian Nights. Oh, really? Yeah, that one. That was the one that hits me. Like, yeah, that's the shit. Um, do you guys remember Bose? Oh, of course. Yeah. Rock the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is, to me, it sounds like the baby version of Planet Rock. Like yeah. the the. I don't want to say low budget, but. The, but well, it, it, it was, but it, it had it was cool. Like yeah, it was know. still fucking cool. I don't dude. know if we just got used to it. Yeah, no, yeah. we just got used to it because yeah. uh, no, Rock the World was dope. Yeah, Batman. He yeah. did one called Batman that yeah, was yeah, dope yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. No, and but then, it's funny because I was walking to home one day, and one of the one of the things that they used to we used to hang out in a in a, in a parking room called McCambridge, and I never forget me and my buddy Jose used to go to Music Plus. We walk home to his house, and these guys were playing basketball. <laughs> I remember showing the records. Look what we got. I mean, it had Bose, Rock the World. He goes, oh, you couldn't afford Planet Rock. <laughs> no, no, we always told you guys that you guys would get the, the knockoffs. There you go, the knockoffs. Like we, like, we'd get the real ones, and then you guys would get the uh, he, We had a Robocop from oh, Bose, yeah. and he goes, we have the Sleaze Boys version. <laughs> it was way fucking wow. better. Way fucking better from uh, Say Records. There was a few records, right, that yeah. we had. Well, we have this one. No, you, you had Get It Boy. No, you had Get <laughs> no, It Girl. No, Get It Girl. You had Get It Boy. Uh, <laughs> MC Celeste. <laughs> The enforcers. Get it, boy. Get it, boy. <laughs> Classic records. That's 808, though. That yeah. was 808, too. Anyways, man. So, uh, 
You got another one? Eddie? I thought you were gonna post. Oh, no, no, no. Whatever you guys, want. I didn't. Which one you wanted to look for? That was Ronnie O and Joe Cooley, eight hundred uh, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, That's also Egyptian Empire, which was Egyptian Lovers label. Didn't he produce that for him? Uh, Everlasting. Which I think Base? it's the first rap label that's owned by like like an actual the actual artist. Mm. Empire Records, yeah. At least on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Might be right about that. I thought it was Uncle Jam's Army that. No, but he came from Uncle Jam's Army. No, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I thought Uncle Jam's Army owned Empire Records. You're saying no, no, no. Justin Lover. Yeah, that's Justin Lover. Oh, okay, Lover, okay. Because There's, it was all Egypt themed. Yeah, there was a funny story, and I'm I'm probably gonna get corrected, but I'll, I'll tell you it was funny. He actually said on a doc on an interview that he made so much mad money on Egyptian Lover and on all of his songs that he had so much money. He didn't say the amount, but he goes, I had so much money that I'm ready to go buy a yacht. Damn. When he found out he was going to go buy, <laughs> he found out the price on the yacht. He was like, nah, never mind. <laughs> he went to go buy a Mercedes. <laughs> so he had, he had money, but he, I guess he must have thought, oh, a yacht could cost this much. He ended up buying a Mercedes. I think that might be, I think that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> so. Because remember, in the beginning, he, he um, his first records were released on Freak Beat. Freak Beat, yes, oh, yes. Right. Dial of Freak. He did Dial yeah. of Freak on that. That was a dope. Oh, I have a question for you now that you guys, uh, if you guys remember, uh, uh, I Need a Freak, Sexual mm-hmm. Harassment. Was that Egyptian lover or not? Because it no. sounds like. You need a freak. <laughs> you need a freak? I thought you needed a freak and you were asking. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you guys, I need a freak. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's, and it's funny because I just recently did a mashup with. Uh, LMFAO called uh, I'm in Miami bitch, uh-huh. but I took I need a freak and I call it I need a Miami bitch or something. Like oh, that. okay. So I made a I made a I should show it to you guys. Uh, I'll show it to you guys. But it's funny because that always crossed my mind. It's like that sexual harassment track I need a freak sounds like Egyptian lover sounds something he would have done. Well, but he it was, remade it. He did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he redid it over. But it wasn't him originally though. Nah. Do you know? Because remember they had the uh, they had another song that was called. K S K I S N G. Kissing? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, they had another another record that was pretty dope. Hmm. Chip on that. You remember that song though, right? I need a freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. It's so That's a classic. It's, it's like don't don't don't. I need uh, it's a freak. totally him. In right. these times. Yes. Of hidden pain. <laughs> we need a remedy to get us through the Yep. Dude, but, that was uh, dope. Prince said he basically ripped everything off from I mean uh Egyptian Egyptian Lover? Lover ripped everything off from Prince. That's what yeah. he said. Well he did a song called Freakaholic and he said there was definitely uh, elements or, or uh, style from Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He was all on Prince. Yeah. And I forgot where he said he got the breathing from. Oh, yeah, that's, that's another, man. Tour de France. Oh, Tour de France. Oh, now my question is where, why, they, <laughs> why do they do that? What is that all about, right? What is that all Because <sighs> Tour de France, they're on the bike. Yeah, it's the, uh, so they get the, tired? Big, the biggest race in the world. You know? No, I know, but because they got tired? <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> oh, <sighs> oh. <laughs> and I don't know why when I do my electro funk beats right. and I put the breathing in there right. it sounds instantly great I'm like right. ooh yeah, yeah. I put like one regular and then I put one like ooh <laughs> <laughs> and it just gives it like oh I like to make it sound like if I could make it sound like Egyptian Lover I feel like alright right. cool now let me give it like a little house some right. house sounds you know yeah. and then I mix those together and that's how I come like yeah. with this new sound that I'm trying to bring. Uh, it's funny because uh, you, do you guys, um, and it's going to go back to, uh, oh, I forgot the crew's name, uh, the ones that did, uh, oh fuck, I forgot the name of it. I hate when this happens. Uh, the ones in New York that did that song, uh, Don't Push Me Close to the Edge, because 
What was the bro, that's that's Master Melody Mel in the Figures Five? Yeah. Yes. What was that name of the song though? Um, the message. The message. Yeah. That song came out first. I'm and, and I'm gonna give you guys a timeline. That to me that that's I think that came out first. And then as far as electro goes, Siberian Nights did something uh, called uh, Electro Kingdom. And if you listen to it, it sounds very apocalyptic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so does Push the Button. It's literally talk. It's literally describing the movie Terminator. If you listen to it, the computers are gonna take over. Yeah. So I I noticed that in the eighties everything was like because because the Cold War maybe because of the Ronald Reagan I mean the United States versus Russia I don't know it seems like it was very it was very relevant yeah that's that's it, message. That's it. yeah that's the message but I've noticed that everything was we're going you know we're gonna die you know the war we're all this is more like the poverty right this is more talking about a message about society at the time in, in New York and stuff but mm-hmm. I'm saying from there on it seemed like every song was about you know maybe it was a whole cold war thing but that's what i'm saying like yeah. we're all gonna you know everything's going to shit you know it's like, but, but do we, i'm asking you guys do you guys remember listening to the lyrics back then now i do because i like I, I really listen to the lyrics now as i get older but as far as back then i never cared for the lyrics really i didn't care I, to me the beat was the shit it was popping that's that's all that mattered to me do you guys ever like sat down and like back then because i didn't i'm telling you guys my end of it do you guys ever sat down and go wow you know He's talking about the end of the world. Well, he's a rapper, so I'm sure he did. Yeah, right. I was. As a rapper, I think you listen more to. The right. Movies. Yeah, I mean, I listen for the hidden messages too. That's what I'm saying. I didn't as a kid. I didn't. I was just like the beat's dope. Like you listen to Planet Rock, you you listen to the lyrics. What exactly is he talking about? It's to me, it was like science fiction. Right. So I was like, okay, and then you see them, and they're wearing like you know Indian headbands. And, <laughs> that was dope, right? by the way. I mean, I can explain that. You know, since I, I I am actually a Zulu king from Zulu oh, Nation. Okay. Oh, okay. So, like, Planet Rock is basically saying that rock and roll will evolve for each new generation. Oh, okay. So that's why that's why it's like, by the time he got to looking for the perfect beat, I'm going to travel to all the planets and try to find the perfect beat. Like, you're never going to find it. And even that one's a fucking classic, dude. Oh, bro. Yeah. When you listen dude. to the lyrics on that one, that one blows your mind, too. Yeah. The video. I remember the video. And then also mm-hmm. how you said the message, right? Mm-hmm. There's a part two, right? right. Survival. Right. Survival, yeah, yeah. Right, which it's has... It's called some, Survival, yeah, yeah, yeah. It even has the same rap at the end. Right. The child was born with no state of mind, blind to a man and ways kind. Right. But that tempo, that that was a little different as far as tempo, right? It was more like... Yeah, Survival was more of electro, electro-funkish like type of... 120 BPM, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I went to uh, New York a few years back and... The dude Rahim, who does the second verse on the message, mm-hmm. yeah. he rapped, you know, his verse on the while the actual video was playing. So when he rapped it, you know, then I really paid attention because he's like, I'm like, oh shit, like I never yeah. realized yeah. anything. So talking about that, you know, yeah, it's very, uh, I'm not gonna say political, but very, yeah, like a message, literally a message. Well, yeah, uh, after the message came out, it kind of changed a lot of, uh, like it was the first record that really dealt with. Uh, you know, social subjects and stuff right. like that. Like, it was the one that really, like, before it was all about party partying and... I'm the best MC. And yeah. yeah. Say ho. I got a Cadillac, <laughs> Lincoln too. And right. it was, like, Gold more jeans. that type of thing. And then Melly yeah. Mel just took it more to, like, more serious, right. more serious point. You know? Yeah. And it's funny because uh, going back to the actual 808, not so much the documentary, but talking about the 808, I remember 808... Like I said, to me, it, 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 it brings me back to Pretty Tony, Miami Sound, that, that kick, which the, the beat, if you listen to it, it wasn't low end. It was the 808, but it wasn't set to where it was low end. Right. It was 
to me, it was Luke Skywalker when I heard, I think it was Get It Girl, actually. <laughs> That's the one get I heard. Boy, get it, boy. And Throw the D. Mm-hmm. I actually, oh, I have a funny story about that. I actually bought Throw the D. That was one of my, maybe the 10th record I bought in my life. But my dad, uh, you know, he passed away, you know. He, at the time, he was in a band, and he took me, he knew I wanted to be a DJ, and he goes, Dad, can you take me to uh, Tower Records in Panorama? And he goes, yeah, let's go. But my dad was very like, I'm not buying you dirty shit, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about 14. He goes, oh, I'm buying you. Because he knew, like I said, he was in a band. He knew what's out there, right? And he was like, he goes, promise me I'm not going to go buy you a dirty record. No, no, dad. And it, it did have a clean version called Through the D. No, dad. So I kind of kind of bullshit my dad. I was like, no, dad. <laughs> it's called Through the D for like, you know, disaster or some bullshit, right? <laughs> so I was like, all right. He bought it to him. I was like, all right. We go. We buy the record. I'm all happy. Man. Yeah. And I'm trying, because he was like, oh, let me see. I'm like, oh, and, and I showed Through the D. Uh. I didn't want to flip it. <laughs> Well, I made the mistake. Go home. I, D with the little asterisk. No, no, it was it was D. Throw the D. The other side, X. Throw yeah, the, there you go. Yeah. The D with the X's. On. Right. So I take it home and I play the clean version. Right. I throw the D, and my dad's kind of like, you know, he's on the side. He's not really like there, but he's like, okay. So I got so into it. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I gotta play the dirty version. I didn't know that the beginning was like a girl moaning, a guy banging a girl. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, for whatever reason, I wasn't near the turntable. And my dad was like, what's that? I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. oh, shit, dad. Oh, and then he's like, let me see. And he, he got mad at me. That's it. <laughs> but that was my, going back to the 808, that's the first time I heard the 808. I, I love those claps yeah. right there. Yeah. Listen up, that's when I heard the first time the 808 to have so much bass. Forget that my speaker, I had shitty speakers, dude, when I was learning how to DJ. I think I'd pop one of them, dude, because I blasted that shit. I don't know if you remember the pyramid. You know that one? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh. I remember this one from way back. Yeah. Like I said, he's around it. He's around all this music. He just never bothered to like read the records like I. Was. And I actually kind of remember when you got it, it was a green cover. Yeah. Real green cover and yeah. I remember you were playing it on your little turntable and right. my B one hundreds techniques. Yeah. Wow. One hundreds. B one hundreds. I do remember you were being cautious because of your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you used to show me the dirty lyrics. Yeah. You would tell me, hey, check this out. And then we were like, and, and, I'm we, like, <laughs> and we would sit there like, yeah, because back then they were so nasty. Like, yeah. throw Fucking, that pee, you know? Yeah, then they throw or that hey, pee. We, no, hey, we want some. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah. Some what? And I can, I know, <laughs> and I can actually blame like a two live crew because, like, you know, I love big butts and I can blame that album cover as nasty as they want to be with those, oh, yeah, yeah. With those big asses on there. Yeah. That's, like, uh. yeah, that was like, I, I blame that. Yeah, but it was funny because if you bought the actual album, uh, it had the bass, but remember, I don't know if the grooves, the grooves were a lot thinner and smaller in order to right. fight five fucking songs per side. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same as opposed to the actual 12 inch, because, right. you know. So I don't know who had it. I don't know if it was yours. <laughs> Somebody had yeah. the actual album, and I played it. It's not the same. And the only reason why I wanted to hear the album because that's where you had that Mr. Mix on the mix. Right. There was a, I, I don't think, Mr. Mix is time yeah, the whole little medley he had. Oh. And I don't think they ever made a 12 inch version of that, just alone with that, so you can be able to play the bigger groove. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, so I had to, I think at the time, I think we only we had to buy it because I wanted that mix, that song. But it sucked because the bass was weak in comparison to the 12 inch version. Inch, the grooves were a lot wider and thicker and shit. That's it. There's only two kinds of pussies. Good old big with the Where did you get your records from? All over, bro. One of my main spots, when I started to travel a little bit, I would go to Hollywood right. and I would go to Prime Cuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prime Prime Cuts. Cuts. Santa Monica. Yeah. I used to love that I would be like in the bin, you know. 
I would go. I would always go to like the discount bin. Yes. Because I would find yeah. I would find Latin Ras- Rascal records there all the time. I just yeah. wanted to be the first playing certain ones. Right. But they used to help me, bro. They used to go like, yeah. "Oh, did you did you hear this? Did you hear that?" I'd be like, "No, I don't even know about that." Yeah. And they would get it down, and you put it in your little stack. And then you didn't have enough money, yeah. so you you hit the record. Remember that hiding records? You would take the yeah. I'll come back. Yeah, you would hide it in the country section, and you come back. Yeah, people started to get hip to that. Yeah, no, I was like, I'll come back next week, and it would be there sometimes. Yeah, I actually would find it there. Uh, I found uh, we found gems there, man. Freestyle gems in there. The they were from Fresno, Fresno freestyle. I don't know Texas or whatever. They pulled some uh, some artists came out, and me and my friend, uh, well Jose. You mean at Prime Cuts? Yeah, we used to go to Prime Cuts. We used to go to Street Towns on uh, Melrose. Oh yeah, and then we also went to. DMC, DMC, and then Fat Beats came around Fun- later on. Funky Town. Oh, you guys, you guys got got us into Funky Town because we would, we would, we would tell him, "Hey, dude, we didn't go to Music Plus. We went to Tower Records. That's right, fool." And he's like, "Well, <laughs> so what? We go to Funky Town." It was like it was in Chinatown, right? Was it in? Yeah, up in LA somewhere. Yeah, so he one day they they, they well we didn't go with you guys. But I paid thirty dollars for a German copy of uh, Numbers. Ooh. Yeah, we went there and I bought Running Information Society, but the original it wasn't the. It wasn't the Tommy Boy remixed. It was the original whatever. Yeah, they, they had some good shit there. So I went to them like, oh shit! And yeah, I paid ten bucks for that, and to me, ten dollars for a record. I was like, oh. Fuck. Yeah, now imagine paying thirty for numbers from yeah, yeah. Work, you know? yeah, dude. Hey guys, if you guys are fired, <laughs> it's kind of worth it though. It's worth. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But I'm saying at the time, and we were probably like, you know, broke. 15, 15, no, <laughs> <Right>. 15. <laughs> fifteen and broke. Yeah. Fifteen and broke or something. Yeah. So. Hey guys, if you guys are a fan of records, I don't know if you guys like records. Yeah. Um, there's what do you actually, mean? There's actually a documentary on records uh, from. Uh, it's called uh, All Things May Has. Pa- I can't remember. I the thought name. it was coming out of your head. Dude. Well, it was <laughs> the, the, the the title's not in my head, but uh, it basically it's a documentary of on Tower he- Tower Heads. Tower Records. <laughs> Tower Records. Oh, really? like, I, th- I think it's called All Things May Pass. There it goes. Okay. Have All Things May Pass. No, but I'm. Like, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I, it's uh, it's uh, it talks about how. Tower Records came across, came came upon, and then how it just kind of... Is this the one in, on Sunset? or just All of them. All, all, of, all of them, yeah. The, it's, the uh, company how, as a whole. The company as a whole, okay. how it started and how it kind of just how it got killed off by, you know, the digital age and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's actually directed by uh, Colin Hanks, which is uh, Tom Hanks' son. Oh, okay. American Sweetheart. Which is a rapper, too, right? <laughs> Sweetheart. <laughs> Wasn't he a rapper, too, though? He keeps saying Colin, it, too. Colin Hanks? Yeah, I think Colin Hanks was a rapper. I, that I didn't know. Yeah. But I know that uh, he directed that... Um, that uh, freaking documentary, but like I said, I bring it up because uh, because we're talking about you buy your records and right. it's actually I've been to Tower Records. I remember, but I remember how they slowly started disappearing. Remember the one in Panorama? Yeah, yeah. How they just kind of suddenly started disappearing and had to do a lot with that. Well, now the, Amoeba's going away, so oh, I don't mean. say that, dude. Yeah. I, I, I think they're just, just moving though. Yeah, I thought they were relocating. Yeah, but I mean, it's not going to be like what it is now. Right. Oh, you man. know, that's why. Right now, it's just with all that graffiti, all the you know. I doubt it's going to be that big. Right. Oh, that's that's the spot to go to, man. I still go. I just went two weeks ago. But it's funny because I took my daughter and. That's you know. funny. I took mine too before yeah. it opened. I mean, before they announced it was going to close, and I told yeah. her, "I'm like, we got to go." One, yeah. No, I took her, and I'm like, one of these days, like they're going to say, "Oh," and then sure enough, a couple months later, I'm ah, like, dude, I told her, she's like, "No, I just went there," you know. I'm yeah. like, and that's where I saw a different lover. Actually, that's where I saw him. Oh, yeah, it was cool. But it's funny because I, I took my daughter, but she was more she's into rock, so I was kind of like, have plenty of rock there. Yeah, so I was like. She goes, Dad, don't you want to go your uh, go go check out your freestyle? Well, yeah, let me go check out. But the thing is, a lot of those records I already have. So yeah, I'll still go, but it's like oh, I have all these. Fucking is there records. any that you never that you always wanted and never found? Yeah, uh, fuck. What, which one is it? Fuck. There's like two of them that I never found. 
Never fucking found Fruit to Save Me. Um, not even online? Are you having? I, I have, but it's not the original. Yeah. I can still get it. It's it's not it's, it's not the original press. And then you might know it. You you might know it too. It's called uh, Video Games. <coughs> oh yeah, by Alien. Mm-hmm. It's like a disco high energy song. I can never find it to the original twelve inch. I found the forty five. It's not the same. You know, it's not the twelve inch version. You know what's interesting? That I don't remember uh, if I have that. Speaking of records, um, video games is dope. There used to be a lot of little small shops all over the place. You know, I, remember I used to go with you all the time yeah. to little shops. Like you would see them in these little corners or whatever. They used to be all over, and now you don't really see them anymore. There might be. I'm not saying there's, there's not. There's still some, yeah, yeah. But what I noticed now, if you go to like Target, you go to Best Buy, they're bringing back all these old albums. Yeah. On on vinyl. Well, you know what my daughter wants for Christmas? Mm. A record player. Yeah. Crazy. Man, Manny's daughter. She wants yeah. a record player. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing now? Well, we just did yesterday. Remember yes. we... Yo, yesterday they, they raffled that. Uh, we went to a, he went to play a party, and one of the raffles that they had for the for their guests was um, it was a, a record player, one of those little Victor, the Victorola, something they call yeah, it like that. Yeah, pretty smart. Yeah. That you flip it open. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the album that it came with was Beatles. Um, Abbey, Road. Ooh. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Wow. Abbey Road. Yeah. So pretty sure it's a reprint. Like yeah, but they're, they're like fucking $30. Yeah. Urban Outfitters has. That's where we were last night oh, yeah. looking at them. You know? Like thirty dollars, I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" I used to pay eight bucks for them. Yeah, they're, they're rec- record, man. Oh, I thought that was the record player. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, shit, eight dollars. <laughs> no. Vinyl's back on the on the rise. But see, are they hearing them though, or are they just collecting them? No, they're hearing them. They're hearing they're them, but I think it's more of a like it's cool to have. Yeah, yeah when a friend comes over. Yeah, yeah, even then, I don't even. Yeah, know. I, I think it's. I I see right now more uh, actually more forty fives are way more in style than ever before. The, the little ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because their grooves are still thicker. They're they're still much wider. That's the thing, though. They keep saying vinyl's back. And I go, well, as a DJ, they're not back because where's the 12-inch? They haven't brought back that 12-inch. Right here. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. I mean. Victor's always looking for the 12-inch. <laughs> since I'm, like, really in that world, like, uh, I, I, I go to, like, beat swap meet and All stuff right. like that. And people are still buying vinyl like crazy, bro. No, no. What I'm saying is artists. Are not or the record companies or production companies are not pushing twelve inch versions. And True. I, what I mean by twelve inch, meaning the extended version right. on a twelve inch vinyl. Right. You know, they like they're kind of like saying, "Ah, eh, screw that." Now they call them intros, and all it is is the actual album version with an intro. Yeah. That, right. Right. They, that I think it's just probably a DJ doing it for the favor for the rest of the fucking community. Well, you yeah. know why they do that is because a lot of the songs now are only like two minutes. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, I believe it. But, yeah, but isn't that kind of like the music that you play sometimes, Victor? Where you they're kind of like from like they're become remixed already, mashed from, up. Yeah, or something. <clears throat> like. Okay, for example, the one I can. Oh, you mean he hand. doesn't actually mix? He just has the mashups. No, 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 no. <laughs> I hate fucking DJs like that. <laughs> no, he mixes them in. But I'm saying <laughs> that's like, all they do. But for example, like that song you have of Juan Gabriel guy, no 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 no, which is the one that I really like. Oh, no, no, no. That one, I actually, I, I, I remixed it. Oh, you remixed it? That's my remix. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, nobody has it. It's, yeah, because it's, it's like me. a danceable, ver- well, it's a danceable song in the first place, but now it's really like, like, it's enjoyable. It's funny because I Play love it. that song. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember. It. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have it. If it's his, I don't have it. Uh, I don't know if you know Juan Gabriel. Juan Gabriel is yeah. like yeah. a very famous, yeah, Mexican singer and composer. He had a song in the 80s it's, called... It's, Gabriel, not Graviel. Did I say Graviel? You son of a... I know. Say it right. about to Juan He's Gabriel. He's a national hero. I mean, treasure in Mexico. You're right. I did say yeah. Gabriel. Now that I think about it, Juan Gabriel. He's a, uh, he's a Mexico sweetheart. 
Was. Was. Uh, well, I heard he's not dead, but that's a conspiracy. Well, he's whoa, either, whoa. He's chilling with Tupac. Yeah, well. And, and Elvis. And, and Cuba. And Cuba. Anyways, <laughs> he... Uh, he made an 80s song called El Noa Noa, which is a very catchy, up-tempo beat. Uh, in, it's in like the, country song, though. Yeah. If you listen to it, it sounds like country. Yeah, it does. It's not, it has like a... Because where he's from, it's right across from there. Texas. Well, that, that that would make sense. But what happened was, I liked it so much, I wanted to play it in my set. And in, and it mixes good with uh, your typical K-Rock flashbacks, which mm. would be like Berlin and OMD and, and even Mana, Oye Mi Amor, that song. It has that tempo, right? But it had no kick. You know, the way they made it back then, it wasn't about the kick. It was about mm-hmm. the whole song. And uh, what I did was, that's it right there. Same it does sound country. like country. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I never noticed that. Like, <laughs> you're right. No, it's totally... Well, anyways, country. what I did was I actually added a more uh, a more kick like a more rock kick that stands out and I added a clap mm. but actually on the hook so when they uh, no I know I there's a clap I added the clap and added a but it's funny because in the intro I made an intro with it and I added Jay-Z it's about to go down mm. it's about so it builds up see that's why I thought you got it from like one of these places that no, that's I what they it, do dude. come on man Come on, man. Let me tell you, dude. That that actually really good. And he's like, it's because your stuff usually doesn't sound that good. <laughs> I was I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think you, yeah, you, you made my point. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, I gotta Fuck tell that, you, dude. I'm not because I know everything, but I really like it, and I also noticed that people who dance it really like it. Mm. I seen people get up just to dance that song right. and then they sit down. Obviously, because it's, <laughs> it is that song. Right. You know, it's, it's a famous song, but you do put that punch that you 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 wanna yeah, like. Added a kick you enjoy to it. it. It's it was... enjo- I, I love when you play it. <laughs> I thought you were saying, turn it up. I like it. <laughs> so, guys, one of the most interesting parts to me uh, in the documentary that I really enjoyed was when they went back to was Japan and they they were talking, they were interviewing the creator of this machine. Do you remember that part? Yeah, oh yeah. And it's funny because uh, the the filmmakers, it seemed to me, had more of a it was more significant to them than the actual the actual guy created. I'm not saying he, he didn't, but in the in the documentary, he kind of seemed like. Well, I was trying to do this and I was trying to do that and that came right. out and fuck it. And right. I sold them. And it's almost like they're trying to tell them, no, what you did is this, it's so important to, to music, right. you know, like, I don't know if you under, I didn't know that if he, that he understood what's, how significant this, this, um, this machine was right. to the music industry and how he changed basically the world and music. You were mentioning something about if, if the machine hadn't been created, you, you might not be here. Yeah, yeah, any of us today, we might not. Well, maybe you might be here doing the <laughs> talking podcast, about the Beatles, but we are we are here because of the music and the DJing and and things like that. And uh, you know, and the, for him, he's just him doing doing him. He had no idea some guys in the Bronx are gonna let's use this as the main the main instrument. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things that, and it's funny because. Uh, at the end, towards the end of the documentary, he says that he used uh, what do you say? damaged, uh, damaged tr- transistors. transistors. That's yeah. the only way you were able to get that sound. So, ironically speaking, because they, the technology started getting better, they, they started not having uh, faulty faulty parts. That it only ended up, uh, they only were able to sell, I think, 12,000 in the three-year time. Something lifespan. like that. Yeah, something like that. The, the lifespan because they couldn't, he couldn't get, get a hold of those damaged transistors. Right. But even so, then, he's like, okay, so move on to the next thing. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, too bad we can't make this. We're not going to figure out how to do right. it. He's just like, man. Well, he was working for a company. Right. Just was, like, it, was his company, right? It was his company. Yeah. Was right. it his company? It was yeah. his. Oh, okay. He's the actual uh, credit. He, well, his company, kind of like a little bit like Apple, where the guy's the owner, but he has kind of engineers also yeah. Yeah. working right. on it. Yeah, but it was a small company. And, and it's funny because it wasn't on this documentary, but he also talked about how he created the 909. And on the 909, he actually wanted to use... Um, 
He couldn't. He can never. I don't know if you noticed. There really is no symbols or crashes on the 808. Mm-hmm. But the 909 does. But he was trying to emulate. Uh, I don't know if I'm explaining myself. He, he was trying to create a transistor to create the, the crash and the, and the hi-hat and all that. But he couldn't. He couldn't. He, they, they, they wouldn't even sound remotely close to the real. So, so what he did was, if you notice, so if you look up into the 909, it's actually samples. The symbols of crash in the hat is actually samples. But even then, memory was still too expensive that he actually sampled it at 8-bit mode. So that's where you get that grungy hi-hat. So in theory, you're actually hitting samples when it comes to the hi-hat and the, and the crash. and the, I think the ride on if it has a ride or not, but crash and the hi-hat is actually real symbols at a low bit rate. So that's where you get that grungy, that, that famous fucking hi-hat from House. That like that's, that's a real hi-hat. And this is before user sounds you, you, you know right. what i mean but it wasn't sold as a sample drum machine it was still considered a drum machine yeah there's a piano like that too that i think uh strawberry fields going back to beatles beatles i think that that actually had the piano played little tape sounds oh really yeah um and i think it was strawberry fields that starts with that piano that they use it has this if you hear it you'll know oh, okay but yeah, it's dude. the same idea. It's a piano that's playing little sample pieces. Oh, I know what you're talking about. There was a, the Casio. Remember? Oh. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. Da, da, da. That's a, like a little Casio. It's about this small. Had like a, right. something like you were saying yeah. before, like the little Bossa Nova. Yeah, yeah. You know, beat on there like. The little fills. Presets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had these cool little presets on there. You know, and you could kind of play keyboard to the preset. See what it is. Yeah, it's funny because there is a. It's funny when we we went actually to Funky Town Records where he told us to go. But at the same time, that same uh, I guess street or uh, yeah, the main street for Funky Isn't Town. That Vermont. I don't remember, but it was it was one of those things that we or went. Sunset maybe. Vermont or Sunset. Whatever. Yeah, I don't remember where it was, but I remember my my, my buddy Jose. We were trying to get into production, and we're like we're gonna go buy a, a, a sampler. We couldn't afford a fucking sampler like a real one at the time. So we said, fuck it, we'll get the Casio Skate. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm-mm. It was a small Casio with four pads, and you only got like... I remember that. Eight bit. We had that, so you were able to sample four pads, or you can use two pads per side, so you can have a longer sample, and the quality was a little better. But us, were like, fuck it, we want four. We won't be able to have four samples. Uh-huh. So the quality was shit. But and, and I know my, my buddy here, Jose, has heard our songs. You heard them, too. We, we made tracks, and that's all we used was a Casio. And we would we would take uh, stab some songs like um, you know that techno song get ready for this or uh, huh. no no not no, not that one what is it uh, the one that goes dun 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 is it Twilight well I forget which one that is yeah but I will take that first sting uh-huh. and I sample it and I mimic the song off the Casio so I mean it sounded grungy but but it was so fucking cool that we can like, now we can take any sound. And we would just manipulate the shit out of it. And I got to talk to you after the show, by the way. I got to ask you a, a certain song you might know it that I've been looking for for years. You asked me earlier about have I ever found, and you might have it. Actually, you know, I'm going to ask you, Julio, now that we have you, and it's going to be on the record because there's probably somebody out there that might know. There was a song. It was a bonus beats of a freestyle song, and it will, and it will start, hey, baby. He goes, I'm trying to talk to you. You know, Give me your number. <laughs> and then Juanito used it on his mega mix called uh, War of the Wards. And only he goes, down, down. That's all it does. Down, down. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I can't find it because I, I, mm-hmm. I never. Bam, bam. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. and it's definitely 808 because it has that cowbell. Down, down. Yeah, I was at a. I went to go see a house DJ recently. Uh-huh. One of my favorite house DJs, and he played it. Which one? Which, which that song you're talking about? It's just the, the beat. Boom, boom, boom. It's a bonus boom, beat. Boom, yeah. But and it wasn't. It and I was like, but it was. You a, heard. You, I know you heard it. 
Hmm. We all have heard it. I'm, I'm pretty sure we all have heard it because it's 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 it's, it's kind of like rhythm check. Think of jive track. It's one of it's, it's, it's one, one of those. those. Yeah, it's one of those. It's kind of like up tempo from Run DMC. It's like it's one of those things you hear. Really? It's just you 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 have it or you heard it, and it's just back in your mind. We're like, yeah, yeah, I know it, I know it, but I don't know who sings it. I don't know who, and I'm trying to find that record. It, it kind of even sounds like uh, the one we were just playing. Give your DJ a break. The yeah, bam, bam. and that's all it is. And it's a bonus beat. It's not. It's not a main song. It's actually a freestyle song, but they added that as bonus beats. A freestyle song, huh? Yeah, but it goes down, 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 it down. Be, it might be considered like a techno. Yeah, right. I don't know, but I don't even think it's rare because it was under Profile Records. That I remember. It was Profile Records. So I don't think it's rare. It's just rare to me. I can't. I don't know the fucking name. It's kind of like the, the rhythm tracks. You know? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like Jive, Jive yeah. that, that has that same tempo, 120, 122. No, I'll show I'm it to, curious to I'll show know it to what you. this is now. I'll show it to you uh, right now. We know. But anyways, uh, going back to the documentary, um, towards the end, like you said, uh, the, the creator made that uh, 808. And uh, yeah, he, he he was only able to sell 12,000. But like you said, he moved on. He's like, all right. All right, next thing. <laughs> You know, hey, you said you hate you said right now that possibly you know uh, you might not be a DJ if not for this machine, right? What do you think? I ask all three of you. What do you think would be? Because I think hip hop and and rap would still eventually evolve somewhere, somewhere, right. somehow. What do you think it would be like now? You think how different do you think it'd be? I mean, without, would they without, figure it out or without the eight hundred eight? Yeah. No. Well, right. I mean, there was they were using drum machines before, right? However. In those days, all, all the, well, not all the all of the groups, but many of the groups, they wanted to be rock people. Hip-hop is all about rock. I'm rocking my hat. I'm rocking the mic. I'm the king of rock. It's all about rocking. So I think it would have grown into more of a band, more bands, you know, like Stetsasonic or like these groups that are actually using live, using live musicians and stuff. Because right. a lot of the original uh, records that were coming out in the so-called early days of hip-hop, they were disco records. It was basically people just rapping on top of right, a disco right. beat. Rappers which Delight. Was Rappers Delight. Like, yeah. Right. Rappers Delight was what? Chic. Yeah. In the beginning of the hip-hop days, Bambada and let's say Jazzy J, DJs from New York, they would take like certain records that had like a real incredible funky breakdown. Mm-hmm. So let's say it might be a rock record or so-called new wave record but it would come to this one part where the drummer just breaks down right so what what these djs did is they would just extend that part right because that's the part that the breakers would lose their minds to like that would be cool if i just extended this one little part so then the rappers started to mc on top of it you know then they started to rap on top of it so then you had the rapping and you had the breaking some some people took it the next level like yo that's cool he's rapping on dance to the drummer's beat but now that the break is famous why don't we just play the whole song right you know so it not then it switched to like let's play the whole song now and that started bringing like a whole nother culture you know so you got the you got the music you got the instruments and you got the culture all right. coming together all as one and that just like i play for him he plays it for you then by the time it gets back to me it's a whole nother thing i'm like man did you hear how he played it yeah. and he's like oh you're like, no, I was doing that then. And yeah. it just keeps on building and building and building till well, you build funny. up to now to mumble rappers. It's funny how that, <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that, that song, I, I never forget it. One of my favorite rap songs in the early 80s was uh, Eric B and Rakim, uh, oh, Paid yeah. in Full. And at, for the longest time, I thought they created it. I thought they literally created that beat. It's actually Ashley's Roach clip from the Soul Brothers, that little break beat. 
That little break that then then Billy Manila you fucking mm-hmm. used uh, it. Yeah, I think that's uh you know I got soul. You know I got mm-hmm. soul from yeah, yeah, dude. I didn't know that until I would say the last ten years. And you know, but to me it was like Eric Eric being rocking that beat. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then like like I said, Millie Vanilli took it, uh PM Don took it. Oh yeah. Everybody in the fucking early nineties just took the Oh yeah. It's, they it's they took so a beat on out. that song. <laughs> but what it's was dope. That, Enigma or Enigma. Sadness, sadness. Oh yeah, Enigma used that too. They use that beat like that. there was a there was a time there where like monks were like sing, singing every song on the radio. Remember? On every yeah, every genre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. And then that beat would kick in. Yeah. They would use it in like martial arts movies and shit. Yeah. Pretty yeah. So a lot of bands you're saying, well, I'm not saying specifically, but a lot of bands would be like Limp Bizkit in the sense that they use like it's yeah, like it a band. Like, yeah. It's like a band that band. You know, like he's rapping, but to a band. Yeah, so um, I could see that. Yeah. I, I think it would have been just over, like you said, over samples. You know, yeah, yeah. I think because the dudes in New York, I mean, they were basically they didn't have money for instruments. Right. Right. So okay. If they got turntables, it was because of the blackout. They had this big blackout over there. Yeah. So that's when they went and boosted the turntables. You know. Oh yeah. That's when they gave they became more widely available. So those kids couldn't really afford like. Yeah. So yeah. I, think it, I think and it would be more like samples, but maybe later on it would evolve into kind of like the BC Boys started with the 808, and then they became right. you know later later albums is all musical. Right. right. Well, I, actually, BC Boys they, they were punk a punk band at first, yeah. and and then they went into the drum machine. Yeah. Then they went back, you know. Yeah. But like for instance, uh, the Roots, they're a prime example. Like, oh, oh know, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. You know, you listen to their music and their shows, incredible, bro. Yeah. You, Jimmy Fallon. Too. So yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, down the Jimmy Fallon show. Now, yeah, you can watch that movie. Uh, was it Crush Groove? And the Beastie Boys are in there, and they're oh, yeah. they're doing their punk rock set. You know? No way! Well, I must yeah. have fuck. Well, yeah, there's, a, there's it she's on it. Yeah, she's on it. Yeah, it's a. Oh it's no like, shit! Yeah, it's a uh, talent show. Right. Yeah. At the Fat Boys, I think we're gonna enter. Fat Boys, Sheila E's on that movie. But they're, yeah, yeah. But they're on stage, and that's the Beastie Boys doing right. their their punk rock. You know what I love about uh, one of the scenes in that film is when. The, they show up to perform, and the and the club owner says, "Where's your guy's instruments?" And he goes, In- "Instruments." He shows them a record. Yeah. <laughs> he gets the record and he breaks it on their head. <laughs> that's dope. So I, that's what they introduced uh, Naomi. I don't know if you guys. She's a freestyle singer. Too. Oh yeah, Naomi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that guy, what's his name? Well, in Beat Street, they had that other freestyle too in the talent show. Um, there's uh, Tina B. Tina B. Tina B was in that? Yeah, the honey to okay. honey to be. Yeah, that's the shit. And then there was uh this could be yeah. the night. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. It's January, February too. That's all yeah, yeah, intermingling over there. Trip out on this. Arthur Baker's Breaker's Revenge from the movie Beat Street. Right. It, it was yeah, if you think right. about it, that was house, but it wasn't like well, we know house today, but right. it was it was far on the floor. It, was, it had that. Yeah, man. Which basically probably was disco inspired. Yep. Which inspired house. I mean, right. house is yep. disco. House right. is what disco turned into. Yeah. yeah. But that was so early on that. So, guys, before we we finish this uh, the set of um, 
conversation about the 808 and the documentary. I wanted to ask Julio because you were mentioning right now how you, how you use the uh, equipment or what do you what do you use to make your music? Uh, Ableton. So what do you and what, a keyboard? Right. So okay, here's my question because I wasn't aware that you made music. What do you what kind yeah, of music? I mean, do? I haven't doing it that long, but right. I mean. But what is what do you what is the what do you make it for like uh, to re, like to remix or you're making your own no, music? No, no remix. It's just it was just kind of like. You know, to see if I can learn it. Because I always mm. talked about, I mean, we always talked about right. making beats all, you know, and I'd be like, oh, that'd be a cool sample. That'd be a cool sample. Mm -hmm. It's like, is it know? just for you and to I hear? Remember, I remember uh, back in the 90s, there was this record that I got mm -hmm. and I always wanted to loop something, you know, mm -hmm. but how do you loop it back then? Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, I don't have the money to buy no MPC or none of that. So, so yeah. So, then, so my question is like, so you make it just for yourself or are you taking yeah, it as yeah, global? It's just, it's, just, gonna... uh, it's just, no, no, just to do it, you know. Oh, okay. Bed so you enjoy bedroom, it? bedroom producer, and and it becomes kind of like uh, with me, everything becomes kind of like uh, like a puzzle. Try to figure out, you it's know, like a hobby. Well, it is a hobby, right. but but just to get better and to, you, you know learn. And I heard his beats. It's pretty. Do you show people, or do you are you like you embarrassed? Like no, no. I mean, if if they sound okay, they sound okay. I'm you know I'm. Still, I know I heard them. They're pretty still, good. I'm still learning. Pretty good know? stuff. Good stuff. And they're good, huh? You had that book. They're always really and, modest, and dude. Doing, no, 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 I mean. <laughs> they're all right. Come on. No, what I'm saying is like, I'll do like sampled stuff sometimes, like boom right. bap, you know, but yeah. then the ones that I, I really like doing is like the more trap stuff because you get to play more mm -hmm. instruments, you know? Right. So, he said boom bap, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Do your research on boom bap. Yeah, it's dope, man. No, I heard his stuff, man. It's dope. You yeah, so. You sent me fun. you sent me a video one time and I heard it. I'm like, oh, that's fucking 92 beats per minute, man. That's fucking dope. Like, but it, it was a... It's it sounded something New York, early New York. Yeah, and that's what I yeah. like. So. It's dope, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Me, I was like, I I don't do that. I do because you were never into that music. I was never really into that. Yeah. I I don't even know what I do. I you I do just, freestyle. <laughs> Everybody knows what is Victor, and they'll say, "Was it?" I mean, from what I heard from him, I, I heard a couple yeah. other different ones too. Right. But yeah, freestyle. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. I guess <laughs> it's not my only thing, but I guess that's what's out out there. I actually have it on Spotify. Now. Yeah, not a ton of pull my plug there but anyways dj hayes so what's going on uh where can people find your work or what are you currently working on or Woo -wee. so much stuff bro uh i, I have a 501c3 nonprofit organization mm -hmm. uh next year is gonna be like 20 years i've been doing that every monday i do a like a open session for dancers you can come out and dance you can learn popping breaking house some salsa so I do that. I'm also still producing different musics, you know, with different cats around. Um, constantly doing something, bro. I'm still yeah. DJing. Uh, you mentioned you play on the on the on the radio station. Yeah, I'm uh, on a online station called K Jams and another one called All Groove House. So we're keeping, you know, both of those trying to keep the whole whole scene alive. Alive. Then also right here down the street on Owen's Mouth. My youngsters who were like the youngsters who grew, were growing up in my center, we all just opened up a new center called the Unite Cultural Center right here on, on Owens Mouth and Sherman Way. So we got that running as well. What too. was it? I'm sorry. What was the name of the uh, of the nonprofit? Um, the original nonprofit is called the Hayes Hip Hop Culture Dream Center. Okay. And then now we have the one over here. It's called the Unite Cultural Center. Okay. Cool. People can look that up online, or yeah, you can look it up online, and you can find find me, you know, DJ Hayes on Instagram, DJ H A Double Z E. All right. Cool. He's got some cool videos too on YouTube. You got him scratching. It's pretty. Do dope. you still talk to the other members of uh, the movement? I haven't talked to to Richard Vision in in quite some time. What's he doing now? 
he's still doing stuff. Uh, a few of us are coming out in the uh, in a in a movie that's being made by Mike Flores. Uh, the history of the LA DJ and uh, Richard is involved with the film. He, he's actually the narrator of the film as well. Well, guys, looks like we uh, kind of reached the end of this uh, conversation for the, for the 808. Week, for the 808. <laughs> no, it's actually, you know what, guys, I'm going to be honest. I, a lot of stuff, like I said, I'm not I'm not as familiar as you guys, but it is very interesting to listen. And I do kind of have a, I understand the concept. So it is a, a lot of fun. So for a lot of people who, who haven't seen this movie or not familiar with you, i familiar with the 808. I do recommend that documentary because I really did enjoy it. Good documentary. Because you learn so much with these documentaries. You like you don't you don't see where the how how connected everything is. You know what I mean? Like it's funny. Like like yeah. I was saying, the range in the in the genres and stuff from from something like this. You know? Any final thoughts on it, guys? Well, yeah, I, I just want to say like uh, even if you have no idea what the 808 drum machine is, when you watch the film, there's artists in there that you know about. Yeah. So to hear them talk about how it inspired them, or how s- someone else used it and it inspired them to make that like that's what i love about that film when i watch it it's it, it makes me happy to see like how excited man perishes or right. you know how when they came out with play at your own risk right you know yeah. right. that was like the record that started freestyle Correct. you know right and i did notice on the documentary um they do cover from like you know artists who started way back to modern day artists who are still making music who, like you said, got inspired from from artists from before and just kind of continued. For like the machine is still being used oh, yeah. in yeah. studios, you know. Like, it's not oh, like yeah. something at least the sounds, but yeah, yeah, it's not in the past. You know, it's still right. being used one way or another. And there's no way around it. I mean, that that kick, it's the yeah, it's no way and around. And it made it. a huge comeback. The sound with uh, this trap stuff. Yep. Yeah, you were you saying know, yeah. Lex Lu- Lex Luger, he's like one of the producers that brought it back, brought that sound back. Nice. All right. Well, guys, I just want to remind everybody again, we do have the Facebook page. If you guys want to be part of the conversation, maybe you want to talk about this movie or other movies we talked about, go ahead and let us know through there. Like I said, we do have the Instagram also, and you guys can follow us there and also leave questions there. Victor, you do have the Twitter. Yeah, we're on uh, the Twitter. How's that going? It's going pretty good, man. We're up at, uh, I think, at 730 followers now. Oh, very nice. It's growing. So, you know, we're, we're, Slowly, but it's growing. we're fairly new, so that's, that's pretty good. And also, guys, I want to remind everybody that we do have uh, the listener support page over on our anchor. So if you guys are interested in supporting the show, you can do so by donating to the show. We got to believe it's 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. That would help out the show. We'd appreciate it if you guys can do that. <laughs> so anyway, guys, I want to thank uh, DJ Hayes and Julio here for being here today. So we, with us discussing the documentary and Victor, like always, thank you so much. No problem. Oh, guys, by the way, I hope you guys uh, consider coming back to the show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. For sure. All right, guys. Sure. Thanks again. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Peace.